Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 116 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, Carrick, with ACG. How you going? Oh, and it's, my me, it's, it's me alone. <laughs> okay, we're done. I've just, just stuffed up the flow at the start of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, you really so. did. Now, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, our cool, guest. It's, cool. it's cool. We we planned around it, and we failed instantly. Go. All right. Uh, <laughs> Go for it, Nate. Uh, I have another YouTube channel of my own. It's youtube.com backslash theepicnate315. Made the channel when I was, like, in middle school, so that's why it's got a childish-sounding name. Uh, in my videos, you can just really find me talking about Bethesda stuff and killing Stormcloaks in the background. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah, I'll have his uh, channel link down below if you guys want to check him out. I've been watching him for a good amount of time now. You're part of the Discord, the Patreon stuff, so we talk a absurd amount. Um, if you guys ever want to become a part of the podcast, get early access and all that stuff, then feel free to support the Patreon. We have a lot of, you know, I was looking at the news list, and we have a lot of interesting, different things to talk about today. We're going to throw it back for the beginning and talk about Atari and how they teased at E3, and I didn't even know about this, uh, new console called the Atari Box. And now apparently in this coming week, there's going to be information about this Atari Box. Right now, based off comments from Atari, they wanted to get back into the hardware business. I think they said around 2015 that they weren't going to uh, try to directly compete with Microsoft and Sony as in... Atari was going to make their own console with their own games and try to get their own exclusives, that type of thing. Um, So what this is sounding like more and more is the SNES Classic and NES Classic. Do we need another box, Carrick? You know, are you are what's your hype level right now, bro? Zero. (laughs) Zero. And and that was one of my favorite systems. That was the I mean, Atari, like that's what I grew up on. So, Mm. yeah, no, zero. I mean, until we see something that legitimately causes me to you know, want to go and purchase it and stuff like that. I mean, it's sort of out of, out of the blue, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I certainly didn't expect Atari to be talking about something like this. So yeah. I think everybody's just jumping on that. I didn't even know they were still thing. a company anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, it's like Enron. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. They still exist? So, yeah, I'm not, not interested when I was, at all. When I was researching this story a little bit, I saw that a lot of their games are available on, like, ios google play yeah. so i'm like why are people gonna buy a box for all your old games that let's say it is that that are gonna be already available to people and probably better quality too I, it's I, the box the box yeah man. I was to say it's just that it's literally another thing to put on the shelf yeah it's a collectible you know what? what's their I'm... target demo with that because like it seems like it's not really gonna appeal to anyone with nostalgia or it's only going to appeal to people that are nostalgic about it. Because, like, even with the SNES Mini and, like, those, like, at least they had, like, good big games behind them, like Donkey Kong or some of the original Nintendo classics and Zelda. But this one doesn't, like, I can't remember any Atari games. I never even played the Atari, I'm going to be honest. Well, actually, no, I, I've played the Atari, uh, I remember my dad brought home, like, a, a dusty old Atari, and, like, I had to fix it up myself, and I tried it after I finally got it working. I was like, yeah. I like my PS2 better, I'm going to go back to that and that that was the end of that I, I really wasn't all about the atari um does anyone here have any any atari memories any atari hype to share not at all it, it's interesting though because whenever i talk about you know retro gaming the thing i think back to is for me is the snes and n64 but it's weird when you like if i'm streaming or if i'm talking to a bunch of people and they're like no well i grew up with the gamecube but i grew up with this console right. and you're like Remember, it's 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 might be retro for some other people. It doesn't have to be retro for you. Although, even saying that, I'm on Carrick's side here. I mean, I haven't touched my SN, uh, sorry, my NES Classic, uh, 
since the moment I bought it, essentially, and I thought I was going to be playing one. it heaps. You hid that from I know, us. I, I know, I know. I just, mm. I just haven't yeah, wow. really played it. <laughs> you know, Character here's the thing, for too. you was up here, now it's yeah. like... <laughs> oh, no, 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 it was never that high. Christ. So, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> he hides his face. No, I'm just joking. He so, bought one in the first place. He, here, here's here's the another issue, and he hit it off perfectly. The fact that there was a gap on, you know, the, the crash itself prior to the NES. So for yeah. a lot of people, there were no games. And what happened was many people moved to PC at that point. And so in, in the point where the Atari was there, there were also, you know, the beginning of the PC market, you know, the, this is pre-Apple IIe, that kind of stuff. But they were starting, you know, people were starting to look at these other avenues to get to games. And then NES was so big that it's hard sometimes. It's almost like a mental block when something is so big in your memory to go prior to it. You know, you hear that with a lot of people where they're like, I can't remember the day before this happened. That that kind of stuff does happen. And I think for a lot of gamers, those games are gone. And they also remember this. Those games interface was one button, one big red button. That was it. Yeah, true. So Pitfall, one of my favorite games of all time, one red button. Dragonfire, one red button. Combat, one red button. There's a difference, I think, uh, for retro to, to go too far back. And you're now looking at a game which is quite simply like a runner on the Android where your character's always running. You just hit one button to jump things. Yeah. Or Crash Bandicoot remake. So <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, and that's a shot at Crash Bandicoot. I liked it, guys. But yeah, it's a, it's a little weird to see them try because I think that there's a huge gap in the gaming market where they sort of think they're going to slide in. But how do you slide in with Pitfall? I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, press one button like dude seriously games we thought were hard any of us would be able to rock on an atari because our skills are so much beyond like what they and there's no end games like pitfall just kept playing i mean you just kept running and jumping over alligators so it's a weird weird idea it really is do we know their price uh, oh, no, we know other. not. That's I'm assuming that's all the details we're going to be getting. You know, it better be 99 or less. It comes be with Happy like, Meals or something. 50. Or I mean, is there what else could they do? do you, you can't even say, oh, are they going to upres it? It was just pixels. So like, what? <laughs> like what could they do here? Uh, I mean, is this box going to support other games? But then their old comments suggest that's not the case. Have they had a, a change in uh, philosophy as a company? Um, it, it seems strange. Maybe they just see an opportunity to make a quick buck. Maybe they're making more money than we assume. I know they've... Uh, I, I was doing some research, like I said, and I was kind of shocked. They, they've published a good amount of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they're still out and about. So maybe this is just a way to, even though it's a very niche market, make some money. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it is. Yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it seems like, in, at least at face value, it seems like a very, very marginal amount of money that can be made here. Um, it's different from like the NES or the SNES classic where we got these like 60 hour games on there that, um, you know, you can play over and over again where like Carrick was saying, this is just, you know, one red button and you're, and you're jumping (laughs) some alligators or something along those lines. (laughs) I'm going to twitch that shit. I'm going to be like, dude, we're going to twitch this. It's going to be a 24 hour fucking live stream of me hitting one red button for 20 Four hours. <laughs> I mean, the, the one good thing about, uh, I, I at least say, about these classic boxes possibly coming around is at least we're getting these these current gamers. Like, for me, one of the most jarring things is hearing, like, my first console, I have a friend. He's like, my first console was a Wii. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, 
to see these SNES classics, these NES classics, these old games start coming back and being discussed again is where maybe people can reconnect to their roots of what really started gaming as, you know, as it grew as a medium. So that's the only positive I can take from this. I mean, if you just want a, a lesson in the old school of gaming, then yeah, you can check out the Atari box, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's more of a, a collectible than anything else, really, because... Look, if you if you really wanted to play all these games, and obviously I'm not recommending it, but there there are ways without having to buy this box, let alone anything else directly from the publisher, right? But the thing is, people want to buy these things because they look cool. They st- it allows them to play these older games, you know, and they can just say, you know, what I have a NES Classic because not many people have it. I have an SNES Classic, you know, because not many people have it. And the same is going to go for the Atari box, especially if they're a limited run, right? I mean. Anything that's rare is is super fun to get your hands on if, if it's just for that exclusive factor. Um, so I, I still so understand why people would now. want it. <clears throat> yeah. You guys remember? Do you guys remember back in the day when something was rare because there were few of them, and not they were rare because they were made rare on purpose by the company trying to make them rare? Yeah. Like, isn't rare that really purpose. weird? Come on, Come it's on. just so weird. It's like let's purposely, you make know, like rare. sell, yeah, sell it's to this odd demographic, hype. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's sad. But, hey, you know what? It'll be awesome if it turns out cool. Like, just because we don't know anything, we don't have much to go on. But if it turns out that, like, for example, if they did do Pitfall, but they had programmers, you know, update it and do some stuff, but it was still the basic. customizable, probably Mm -hmm. And it it, it was still the basic Pitfall, but they adjusted some things. I mean, I might play something like that. It's just all going to depend. What was the one, the Ouya? Is that the other? Oh my! Oh, I, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm worried about. That is legitimately what. When you mention Atari, I think of Ouya instantly. That the weird demographic, everybody's questioning why they're doing it, and then oh it fails. My God, I forgot about that. What the fuck I was that? that shit. I don't Ouya! know. It was like was I remember that? watching like... Humped Camel. It just made no sense. What? <laughs> there was a there was a bunch of like Call of Duty YouTubers I used to follow around that time, and they were all talking about how it was going to be the next big thing, and. Because they were like, getting sponsored. What? I was going to say, bro. <laughs> yeah. It had to be cash They would the never pocket. take money. Oh, I have something I, have something I want to add to the news, too. Uh, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Just write, write, down the, write down the name Tansit. 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 Yeah. <clears throat> Pull out your little black book, Maddie. Yeah. And just write it. <laughs> and all you got to do is mention it. Tansit. I don't know if I spelled that right, but all right. Go for it. I'm going to try and Google what character's referring to. Tansit? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you when we when we come to it. Oh, I'll tell you. You want to go for it now? <laughs> yeah. So I, I got to tell you, you know, it's sponsored videos, non-sponsored videos. We've talked about this. You know, you can do whatever you want as a YouTuber or as a, a, a Twitch streamer. I think that, um, you know, people have sponsored videos. It's fine. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you right now, uh, I had noticed a couple, maybe five or six uh, different videos from different YouTubers that were not doing sponsored stuff. Some people I had actually joined up with when I first started. And they it was oddly timed. Many of them said, we've decided due to reasons we're doing sponsored videos. We may do sponsored videos. And there were, there were various reasons given, but I didn't really put two and two together until I started looking. And I found that within one week, six of them on different days all did this kind of video. And then I got an email. No shit. This email says, are you interested in a sponsored video? And I said, no, I don't do sponsored videos. And they said, well, let me tell you the amount first. 
before you say no. And I said, no, it doesn't matter what the amount is because it, I'll never recover from that. Like, it's just, I don't like the idea of doing it. Yeah. Let's just say if there was a 10 and a K, that would be the amount. Fuck. And, the, and I, I, sent, there. I sent out a Twitter freaking out about it, saying that there were some new uh, things coming into YouTube, some new big pockets. If you guys don't know, Tencent's the largest company in the world when it comes to internet products and video games. Uh, they're a Chinese-based company. Oh, Tencent, you mean? Tencent. Tencent, Tencent. Sorry, I did pronounce that. Yeah. I'll get you now. Um, yeah, yeah. Subsidiaries like Riot Games, all these That's people. That's right, and, yeah. And again, I know people at Riot Games. The Epic Games, they have some. I have no problem with them either. But I was absolutely floored, floored by the amount and the amounts that I've been hearing coming from not only them but three other competitive companies. Uh, maybe they heard, I don't know. But the amount is insane. It's yeah. It's legitimately uh, many, 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 many months for a single video. And they are, that's like stage one of what appears to be like five or six step program to sort of inject into games in the United States and in the EU more. And man, I was blown away when I saw that. I was just like, what? what? Like, that must be a mistake. But it wasn't. Yeah, I've seen some. Absurd amounts. Personally, I'm on the same page as you. I I don't take sponsored video offers because you know I. I'm but I've not, never seen that much. Have you? For I, one video, I've, dude. The most I've seen is five. I've, the most I saw I've seen offered to me, and it was it was for like some random game. Chinese uh, company. No, it, 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 oh. I think it was five oh five games. I want to say. Um, oh, weird. Yeah, I didn't even think. They I did was that. just like, mm, no, but like. You know, it, it it never ceases to amaze me how much money these companies can really throw out. Because um, I think they, they balance it out. There's They got to see how much it costs to, like, advertise on TV and stuff compared to yeah, flying like YouTuber. a YouTuber out to an event What's and the right of having them cover it. You know, I, there's got to be, you know, a bigger return value in the metrics to them. So that's probably why we'll see these absurd amounts of money. But to them, they're probably we're saving if, the, if this turns out well. They are, and I got to say that I think for a lot of people, there is a breaking point to where the person just looks at the amount, and for whatever reason, they're into what they're doing. They're in it for the money. You know, people are, which is fine, because you have to make a living. Yeah. And they've decided to switch. It just it sort of bothered me, because I hadn't put the two together, because I saw these videos popping up in my streams from, like I said, a couple people that I had actually, you know, sort of, I, I don't know what the term would be aligned i like their attitude uh and then started seeing them and um uh one was a japanese youtuber a, a, a close friend of mine i would i would say and i did email and i was like did you get an email from these guys uh didn't get a response back because i think it's like 6 a.m for them right now mm. <laughs> but uh you know it's just it's sort of sad um could they all be timed just coincidentally yes but regardless removing that you still have a huge amount of deep pockets entering the the Twitch slash YouTube arena, and it's I think it's going to get crazy. Yeah, I've had. I mean, uh, me. in their defense, I've personally had in the terms of news, not when it comes to the monetary sponsorship stuff. Um, I've had horribly timed videos, uh, or not horribly, but like just weird timing videos too. I remember sure. when I For made sure. a video about a weird ass Bethesda game idea. I was like, yo, imagine they like crossover all their different games and stuff. And then all of a sudden this quake champions trailer comes out the next day and they're like, BJ Blazkowicz is in this game. And I'm like, 
and people Everyone's were like, like Maddie's getting yeah, sponsored. Yeah, everyone was like, Maddie, you knew. I'm like, I did not have a fucking gotcha. clue. Gotcha. Um, I yeah. just find it strange that a large group that all happened to belong to a certain thing all posted videos within two weeks yeah. that were along the well, same look, lines. It's it's obviously not a coincidence. Uh, I don't but think so. I, but... Yeah, like, even Each to their that, own. Each to their own. No, no, exactly. And and I was going to say, I don't think Carrick is, is saying this. And I know that there are people out there that will say, well, don't take sponsored videos. But fuck, YouTube, man, is becoming so hard lately if you were doing this full time. Exactly. I, I'd be dude. a liar if I, if I said that I wouldn't consider it. I'd be yeah. a fucking liar. Yeah, no. Grand is a lot of money. Yeah, I was gonna say, it is a lot of money. You definitely yeah. got to raise an eyebrow and think it's like, like, how okay. would you like to improve your life? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, and how would you like to be stress free for a, a couple of months? And like, and, yeah. and can you just do one and move on? And and I personally think, like I said, that's why I started this entire thing. I said it's totally fine if people want to do that. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And yeah. and I that. and I get it. I get that people need that and want to do it and all those kind of things. Totally legitimate. Um, what does what does slightly worry me, though, is that the amounts are so strata. They're, they're just the stratosphere now. And it, it's for smaller channels. And like Maddie said, you know, they're probably saving money anyway, right? They're not going with a, with a major whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now, every goddamn contract I get, especially about streaming, says I can't say anything negative about the games. Mm. That kind of stuff. There's a difference. If somebody says... Here's ten thousand bucks. Create an honest review. That's different. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. when somebody has a streamer paragraph of fucking data that says you have to say that all the negative experiences in this game are most likely due to bugs that will be patched, but that's bullshit. That makes no fucking sense. Arc hasn't been patched, bitches, and that's coming up as retail. So and like that's that's oh where God. transparency is key. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's where. Totally and, and, I, I think this is the most mostly the case in in any major territory. I know it's the case in Australia. It's definitely the case in the US with the FTC. You have but to say it, yeah. you fucking disclose that shit in the description at the start of the video. Have a watermark, like it, it, why, if it's uh, about if, covering your ass. If you're like Carrick or myself, or you know, you make a lot of review content on your channel, you you just you can't. You can't cross them over and have no, dude, like it's a different the companies yeah. paying you money. You just you can't. It's it's a horrible idea because it's like then how how valid is my opinion? How much can you trust it? Yeah, you know. It's, yeah, just, yeah. It anyway, work. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to skew negative. I was just so shocked by the amount we talked about it even in my podcast where I was just like it, it, it went so. It was multiple companies, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, three in the same day that it was just like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, it was just really Great sort of sticker shit. shock, if that makes sense. Like it's a reverse sticker shock. to their target demographic. Like, they don't have to worry about anything about, like, on TV. Like, oh, is there going to be a 14-year-old boy watching the news at 6 a.m.? Like, no, they, they're mm. guaranteed no one watches the news. exactly like, good point. It's a good point. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's even greater? The fact that um, one, one troll of mine did contact me a couple weeks ago and said, FYI, I faked an email from a company and I pretended to ask you to do sponsored content and you refused and I totally appreciate it. It's <laughs> like, Dick, yeah. you're not going to catch that's me That's like literally that. why I, I, I don't respond to them. I literally you, just I delete it, them like that. It can that. be a troll. Yeah, it can just, be a troll. Is that not crazy? Yeah, like, I, like I've heard out offers. Like I'll usually, if anything, I'll respond depending on the company and just seeing like what they're going to offer for discussions like these. I'm like, how's the market now? Because I haven't heard one offer out since that 505 Games one where I was like, let's see, I've heard of them before, I've played their games before, what are they offering for like a standard right. YouTuber? And so, yeah, I, I haven't heard 
one out since then. And some of them are, are so pushy. One of them was like, they emailed me on a Thursday and they're like, we need a response by Saturday. I'm like, all right. And, and, <laughs> well, no, we need a response and a video out by Saturday. I'm sorry. Like, I'm like, you're, oh. you're working to my time, yeah, mate, yeah. not I the other like, way. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, you might, they're probably going to script the whole video for me or something. I was like, no. But I yeah, mean, they're, again, they're, I'm not hating on YouTubers who do it. No one here is because there yeah, are no plenty one here is. of creators who literally build their platform and then they, they make their earning or their living off of just straight advertisement content. They they host shows and stuff. Um, and I don't blame them for that. It's definitely no, a much more stable not. way of I mean, going about it. <laughs> it absolutely no, it, is. It's like a TV show, a comedy, a drama. It, it, there's just mm-hmm. different things. We're all just delivering, you know, our own unique uh, our, our own unique um, element. It just, it was sticker shock, I guess. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it had been getting higher and higher. And at that point, it was multiple things came together. And I just thought I'd mention it. It was pretty crazy. So uh, that that's a, you, as Loan said, you know, that company, they're known already. They've got, you know, they definitely have uh, Riot Games, like I said, and a couple others. So it'll be interesting to see how Microsoft, Sony, publishers, EA, Activision, how they handle that. That's what's actually, to me, is the opposite. Uh, it's how other companies are going to react when they start seeing the, the amounts going up. You know, where, where are their sweet spots? How, what are they going to do? Are we going to see more trips, less trips, you know, more events, less events? It's going to be interesting. It could be good for the industry if, if it turns around and bites some people, too. So, yeah, it'll be it's, it'll be fun to watch. Anything outside their own community, they'll they'll pay because then they're reaching out to different fans. Like true, Bethesda's true. never. And I'm not saying they should or I would want them to or I'd take it, but like Bethesda, Bioware, they've never offered me a dime because they know I already have Cover, Bethesda, their fans yeah, exactly. in my community. So it's like it would be stupid for them. Yeah, they it'd be stupid for them to say, "Here, talk more about us." <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll pay you this time. You know, you you're right because they're like, "Well, Maddie's going to talk to these bunch of people that are already going to buy the yeah, damn game." Yeah, What's it, the it's point? like I'm yeah. just promoting interest if anything, and it's like that I'm already doing yeah. that job for free for them. So it's like they they'll they'll take me out to events and and pay for the flight or something like that and yeah. Then that's a whole other discussion on whether that's a sponsorship or not. I don't consider it one, but, you know. Yeah, anyway, that was, again, that didn't want to be negative. Very no. just, yeah, very interesting moment in gaming right mm-hmm. now. Definitely. Yeah. Um, next topic is that Metal Gear has turned 30 years old. Pretty impressive for the franchise. Do we have any Metal Gear memories we want to share? Not from me. Not from you. I'm shocked. I'm I'm sure you're not shocked that I haven't played. No, I'm I I thought you'd know my sarcasm. Nate, Metal Gear <laughs> Memories. Anything I have I have never played the game before in my entire life. I watched a friend do it once. I've okay. heard they're being really original this year with uh with a zombie shooter, so that's yeah. got to count for something. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not what I hear. But anyways, <laughs> have you guys heard of a, like the like it's really 1984-esque living conditions or I guess working conditions like being described mm. for a lot of Konami's employees? I remember watching a video about it. It's like, oh, yeah, you have to be monitored 24-7. You clock in, you clock out, which is kind of like a normal job, but more to the extreme of it. Like, they can't go out anywhere for lunch. They have to stay in the building. They're always being watched with some sort of camera. It's, like, really creepy. I can't imagine how any, uh, like, how they affect morale, the effect on it it would have. Like, the beatings well, will Foxcom, morale improves. Foxcom has fucking suicide nets, so... <laughs> they're they're the ones who put suicide nets up up around their buildings. They're a fab producer in China. I mean, those kind of those kind of bad situations exist in a lot of places. Rockstar, we've got multiple leaks from Rockstar that it's horrid. 
So Rockstar, really? Really? Oh, dude, Rockstar. Yeah, multiple, multiple people have gone on the record about Rockstar's terrible practices. Like the one guy was talking about uh, the crunch time. It was legitimately crazy. Uh, people from Red Dead left the industry because at the end of Red Dead, they were just done. They were like, I literally have nothing left. I'm done. In fact, we're going to talk about somebody who's moved from one game mm -hmm. to the other here soon. And I, I'm, I would... Something I heard points to something of the uh, of that happening there as well. So, yeah, it's it's bad in a lot of companies, man. Konami's just fucked though, right? Yeah. Like Konami, I mean, they're crazy. They're burning fucking books and shit in the corner. Like, I I wouldn't doubt if one of these days they just replace all their people with fucking robots. I mean, they they are legitimately a crazy company when you watch how they treat people. Yeah. Uh, so, on the other side of the coin. When they were good, any good memories from any of their games? <laughs> Matt, it was like, we're talking about 30 no, games. No, I'm, like, I'm just like, yeah. how about Metal Gear? I've heard very good things about a game called Transylvania or something. Castlevania, maybe? Castlevania, something along those go. lines. I heard, I heard it was very uh, very enjoyable when they were still they in their They have prime. a new Netflix series out, too. I could, we keep diverting. We're bad I at thought, this. I thought That's Phantom Pain was, was... I had a good time. I mean, it wasn't the greatest game in the world. But, I know. I know. Noah I, absolutely I adores that game. Yeah, I enjoyed some elements of it, and it was different. It was. It was different. Like it doesn't. It didn't have the same feel of other open slash hub based game worlds. Yeah, that so. that is definitely the best way to describe it. I, see that game. I dumped like thirty hours in, and the story just kind of sucked. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Know? Right. Because I mean, I think. One of my things with Metal Gear that I know I, I don't even want to say I'm in the minority for, but I feel like there's this, you know, they idolize Hideo Kojima just like jokingly to Bethesda does that with Todd Howard. Um, right. And, and it's like, they're like, oh, he's such a mastermind with this story, but Metal Gear's story is so fucking convoluted and weird, especially in its release order, where like five takes place, I think, after Peace Walker, like four is the last one. You know, it, it's uh -uh. such an all-over-the-place story. Um, I forgot where, like, 3 takes place. Like, I think it's, like, 1, 3, 2, 4, something like that. Or 1, 3, 2, Peace Walker, uh, then, then 5, or, I'm sorry, Ground Zero's 5, 4. Like, it, it's so fucking weird. Um, they just, like, look for their own plot holes and then try to fill them in with this ginormous story and essentially create more plot holes. Maddie, don't you feel, does it remind you of Resident Evil in that way? Because it does to me. Yeah, it, Resident Evil Resident and Evil, Metal Kingdom Gear Hearts. have a Just very like odd feeling to them mm -hmm. in that story aspect of like you're before, you're after, you're here, you're there. This guy, yeah. this mystery, this match, and it's like, something this about is all those happening two. before you even knew. It's like yeah, wow. right. right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Metal Gear Solid too, though. Out of the entire series, two and four was that I, NES, I really SNES. Uh, was that? that was PlayStation Two. Oh, Metal Gear oh. Solid Two. And it's because I, I like Raiden personally. I like him so much. Mm -hmm. I think he's a, a really interesting character. But I, I definitely am a sucker for the edgier type of character. If you, if you need proof on that, my favorite character from Naruto is Sasuke. So, you know, like that type of edgelord stuff. Um, but, yeah, did you I, – I didn't know this, but in Metal Gear Solid Five, because we were talking about how weird this game is, if you have, like, the date set for your birthday in-game and you, like, enter the uh, mother base, I think it's called, or something like that – on your birthday, like they're they posted a video of it that there's like an actual birthday party, and there's a whole cutscene and everything for it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Awesome. It's like there's so much 
personality to those games. It's it, they're very different. But yeah. I mean, for a series to turn thirty and still have new entries coming out, even if they're not from the uh, original mind, uh, Hideo Kojima, it's still pretty fascinating to see. Yeah, especially how dynamic uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was. I mean, you know, like you shoot someone in the head too many times, they start coming out with like those helmets, helmets that stuff, yeah. prevent them from being headshot and, and stuff. So it, it's pretty cool. But um, let's move on. Just a, a quick discussion on that. Let's talk about a movie. Well, we're going to change up the speed a little bit. Let's talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. All of us have mm-hmm. seen it except Carrick, but Carrick likes spoilers. So I guess we're going to go all out here. Really just uh, let him have it. You, you cool with that, man? Oh, I'm definitely cool. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I love, I absolutely love spoilers. So um, right. uh, I guess, well, so people need to know that there will be spoilers. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah, there yeah. definitely will be. Check and the we'll time stamps. Time, yeah. yeah, like I, I'm, oh my God, like when people click on the podcast and they're like, oh man, I don't want to li- I only want to listen to this one section right. now. And I'm like, <laughs> every fucking week there is a timestamp in the description. You can yeah. go anywhere you want. You can literally listen to the last 20 minutes. It's always there. So let's talk about Spider-Man. Right. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, there we go. Okay, that's a good start. <laughs> Whoa. Where would you rank it out of all the Spider-Man films ever to release? I, uh, Tom Holland, I'm sorry, kicks the ass of what's his face? Previous Spider-Man. No, 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 previous Spider-Man. Previous, previous Spider-Man. Actually, Toby he kicks Maguire. the ass of both of them. Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. I, I don't like Tobey Maguire as a Spider-Man. Sorry. He's my, he was my favorite. But yeah, Tom uh, Holland. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> don't, wouldn't it was surprise, so, what's that supposed to mean? It was so whiny. Like, like, he was on, just stop, so stop, whiny pause, pause, and... Pause. Pause. Yeah. What's that supposed to mean? That wouldn't surprise you. Just because you're Maddie, you know. Yeah. You're, okay. Yeah, that's sound <laughs> reasoning. Continue. Continue. No, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I think, yeah, I just enjoyed Tom Holland as Spider Man. It was much more laid back. I liked the fact that it was in high school, so it was a bit more chill. Um, I also liked the fact that they didn't, they didn't retell the origin story again. I mean, we get it. Yeah. And and Uncle they just ben got dies, right into know. it. <laughs> The only thing that was weird to me, and, and this is a, such a small gripe, I loved every other aspect of the movie. I thought there wasn't too much Iron Man, but there was just enough to, to keep it interesting or even more interesting. Now, why is it that he needs to replace his web shooters? I thought that that shit just came out of his arms, like his hands. I, just, I, I don't know why that's the case. Well, it depends on the Spider-Man, because in some it. comics it's biological and in others it's mechanical. Depends so that's on what which... I'm saying, though. So from what I remember, the original Spider-Man, so he just shot that shit out of his... Yeah, Tobey Maguire's was biological, Andrew that, And that's why I was confused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's how it works. Um, so is, is this the... one mechanical? Does it appear yeah. to be more of a mechanical... Yeah, like he, he pops them oh. out and puts them in, and he'll use no like shit. A, a... Reloads them. A taser for his uh, web sometime and stuff. Like It's it, cool. Like what the, was, the suit is really cool. Yeah, I was going to say, what was really awesome watching it is thinking of the game from Insomniac, and they already confirmed, like, you're going to be able to make your own gadgets, and just seeing, like, the gadgets yeah. that came out of this film, um, part of the excitement for the film really also came into effect when I was like, wow, you know, imagine what he could do with his webs and, and all that different stuff. So I, I've said it time and time again. We I said it when we talked about it during our E3 discussion that, like, the key to getting Spider-Man right is, is his webs. That's how you make him fun to watch and, and doing all this yeah. cool shit. And they did that in the movie, too. And so that, that really and, excited and me. You and I really liked – I'm sorry if I'm taking this up. but no, go for it. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't just say, here's this really cool suit, and he knows how to use all of it. There's taser webs yes. and shit like that. 
they're like, here's the the like, here's a, a really cool suit, right? But you don't know that there's a uh, something protocol. I can't remember what it was. Um, training training wheels. wheels, right? Mm-hmm. And we learned together with Tom the all these capabilities of this new suit and he was learning like these crazy web shooter combinations and, and different abilities. Yeah, I like how mode. they, I thought that was their kill mode, right? The and they introduced like that. that later. <laughs> right. And, and they were like, all right, now the next movie, he's going to become more adept at that. And it's going to be even fucking better. They didn't just start with that, which would have been a weird progression because he's just mm-hmm. a kid. So I, I love that aspect of it. Nate, what'd you think of it overall? I, I really like the movie. I, I got really taken away by that twist that they had. I don't know oh. why it got to me so much, but when yeah. you find out uh, the certain person is the... Cer- fuck it, there's spoilers. When you yeah, find out that the dad... Is, when, he, uh, when you find out his, I guess, his, like, the girl he's crushing on, her dad is the main villain. Like, that was kind of oh, cool when he opens great. the door. So I was cliche, like, oh, but I did not yeah. see that in comment at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, there was whatsoever. nothing to suggest that. They just said, surprise, and it was there. And I liked that a lot. It, I, and the way he the left way the movie flowed, I think, really... Because they had him out of the movie enough, and it made sense why he was out of the picture doing his own thing, because they always showed him with his gang. You're like, oh, he's probably, like, some single guy and stuff. You don't really put the piece together when uh, the girl's talking about, like, how her parents are away all the time and shit. And then it's, like, prom, and so you're getting caught up in all of that homecoming stuff. Yeah. And then he just the, the door opens, the music stops, and he's like, oh, fuck. It was the classic Bond moment, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, here's the <laughs> evil guy being revealed, and then as she gets out of the... Like, I won't spoil too much, but mm. just the, the first interaction with, with Spider-Man and the villain when he knows, like, uh, yeah, he's the, the father. In the car. It was beautiful. Excellent. Oh. Excellent. Oh. So yeah. good. Just I so loved good. the villain. Like, how they were able to... Like, you can kind of understand him. You, you understood yeah. why he was doing it. Like, in the Avengers movie, it's like, oh, there's the evil aliens who want to yeah. do bad things for insert random motive here. But there you can you can kind of understand him. Like he never tried to kill people intentionally. Like he tried to keep Parker. It was alive a genuine, for a while. like hard worker yeah. that was screwed over. And yeah. you saw some redemption at the end of the movie too, when Scorpion came up to him and was like, "Yeah, no guys are gonna slit his throat." And then he says, "If I would, if, if I saw him or if I knew him, he'd be dead already." So he didn't give up Spider Man and his real identity. It was really yeah, cool. That was exciting. Uh... Number one, because they used Vulture, who is kind of like a, a B-tier B. villain, really. Yeah. He's, he's really nothing crazy special. He's always been a part of the Spider-Man universe. You've seen him in a couple of games. But this is like a really cool version of him. Uh, yeah. Seeing Scorpion, you, you got to wonder if they're going to start uh, putting the seeds in for a little Sinister Six action. I'm I'm hoping so, man. Yeah. I remember playing oh. that game on my Game Boy uh, Color, I think it was, Sinister Six. Oh, good times. Um, what else was there to that movie? Um the ending, where, like, Aunt May <laughs> sees him just standing in his room in his fucking costume. That <laughs> shit. What, what the fuck? Yeah. And then did, the, you, did you stay there for the uh, post credit scene? With... The, the second one or the, the first one? The second one. Like yeah, the... Captain America. That was fucking great. There was post credit <laughs> scenes? Yeah. There was uh, God, it was nothing crazy, but it's pretty much like you wait to the end of the credits and Captain America's standing there, and he's doing one of the kind of cliche videos he did on the on the TVs in the school, <laughs> no and he started talking about patience. so funny. <laughs> Fucking funny. It was so good. I, I love that scene. They're in the gym, and he's like, you're a gym teacher, and he points to his right, and the gym teacher's on yeah. the left side. <laughs> I lost it at that stage. That was great. That, that was what surprised me, is that we see these superhero movies go for a lot of funny moments, but they almost feel forced but in spider-man it was very natural it it just happened and you know it it was a very it really hit the what spider-man's all about i think in that movie that's why i say it's definitely the best spider-man movie i love the the toby Maguire era 
Um, the Amazing Spider-Man 1, I thought, sucked. I liked the second one, but I was shocked at how much I liked this. I went in expecting a pretty good movie based off what I've heard, but, like, Homecoming was excellent. So was I'm excellent. really hoping they stick with this actor, they roll with this crew, and just make some spectacular Spider-Man movies, especially because he's my favorite superhero. I hope they MCU. fucking reboot it again. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so, it's so hilarious, man. There's so many Spider-Man. It's just crazy. I liked, I liked Toby. I actually thought he did. Um, each Spider-Man's different. So, like, Toby's Spider-Man made more sense um, in, in some ways, but he was such a beta to what's-her-name. Um, Snaggletooth. What's-her-name? The actress. Um, oh. Yeah. So he was such a he, he was such a beta to her. And then you see the amazing one where they were together in real life. And I sort of thought their chemistry was really good and their timing mm-hmm. was awesome. But then there were other parts of both of, of the second movies that I, I thought were weird. Like the lizard dude, Croc, was really bad um, <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the second. Like he made no speaking of guys that make no sense. So I'm excited to see this. But it, I would the thing I think that is cool and we might be noticing we'll have to we'll have to all have to watch it and see if this is true is that tom can do his own stunts almost all of them and because he's a gymnast or an ex-gymnast and so yeah. uh, there's a physicality now now toby mcguire was very physical as well the physical change he made was in six months so when they have him take his suit off after he gets bit or take his shirt off six months later they started filming again when he was ripped and i thought that was very cool because it, it looked wow. real and it was a six-month transformation. So that was cool. Andrew Garfield did nothing. He showed up. He, he was snide and snooty to everybody, and then suddenly he was Spider-Man. So there wasn't a physical coolness about him. So if this guy's doing his own stuff and looks the part where you can sort yeah. of see him there. Because how many times have we watched a movie and we're like, that's not the guy in the Spider-Man mm. suit. That's like the CGI. It, it, like it doesn't, yeah, tan- yeah. It, it doesn't like look tangible. So I'm excited to see that the physicality of what about and, the the interrogation scene with uh donald glover where he like uses oh, the interrogation right. mode on his suit and he's <laughs> like he says he sounds like a girl and shit donald glover's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> so confused he's a good actor man that was funny it's donald it remind me of that actor um donald what glover else is, is also a yeah. rapper as well um I, got, okay. I can't remember what his rap name is okay for uh, the life of me. fuck what is it uh childish gambino yeah. um oh gotcha. yeah yeah, so oh, I I, I thought it was funny. Like he, he's going to become like the I I don't know what the correct term is for his version of Spider Man, but isn't that the plan? He's going to become a Spider Man too. It's like with the black with the black suit. Oh, oh an evil Spider Man or the you think Venom? he's supposed to become like a symbiote Spider Man? No, is it Venom? Like apparently there's a there's a comic where there's an African American Spider Man that wears a black Spider Man suit. Morales? And apparently, Miles Morales. Miles yeah. Morales. That's the one. And apparently Donald Glover is going to be Miles Morales. What? Maddie's like what? Yeah, because I, I, no, I don't know. Of if that. Truth, I mean, I but... saw Miles Morales in the game. I just that's the thing. I don't know if this game's supposed to like tie in to anything or if it's just a standalone Spider-Man game. Like, I don't know what they're going for. I mean, they got a. I don't know if it's a tie-in because they they got a different voice actor for Spider-Man. I thought they said it was the same world and that was it. Okay. Like, I mean, I, so I, I think it, it was just be. some crazy fan theorist video that I watched, but uh, apparently there was a lot of rumors that. I don't know where they came from, but before Spider-Man was, uh, Homecoming was announced or whatever, that uh, Donald Glover was going to be a Spider-Man of some sort, and this was kind of a fan cameo. They brought him in for that I reason. I don't know much about Miles Morales, but the one, it, it, let's say that, that Donald Glover in that movie was him, then yeah. my question, it, wasn't he kind of like a, a thug or something? Didn't he have like a criminal record? As, I don't know what version of Miles Morales this is, but was he always yeah. that type of character? 
I, I don't know, but but here's the thing, right? I mean, the, the, I was going to say the thing I really like about Spider-Man Homecoming is that they introduce and they have characters that are traditional Spider-Man characters, but they're so different. Like, they're, they're cast really differently. I didn't think it was just, like, diversity for diversity's sake. Each character felt fucking different, and that was great. Like, MJ, I was like, mm. oh, wait. That's actually we, Mary Jane slash MJ. Mm-hmm. It works because we like. Dude, I, they did it twist so well in that movie. So, so subtle. Th- so would you say then that that's a little bit like Gotham? Because that's one reason I like Gotham, and I know a lot of people don't. But I like that it's so you're just watching it going, "What?" Because this is supposed to be Batman, but it's it's different. Like, so, yeah, yeah, Gotham's enjoyable though. Different, you know. So it, it could be the same with Miles Morales. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me the way they casted you know everyone else. Mm-hmm. Here's Especially the best way they could do a sequel. Imagine if in the well, you guys will hate this, but I'd love the idea. If you did like a shattered universe and fucking Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showed up and they had three uh, Spider-Men. Because you got the I, two I wouldn't the, complain slightly about that. different, the biological and the mechanical, and like them teasing, like, you just shoot that out of your wrist? That's gross. You know, <laughs> you could have all these hilarious one-liners uh, about the different Spider-Man characters. Because that's actually one of the things that I've always wondered about when it comes to like the comics versus the movies. What what um, what Loan was just talking about is that there isn't a continuity. It's always re- it's always you know restarting. Yeah. It would be very cool if they just pretended you know because they already jumped ahead and said this is this character, but it, it would be cool if they were like you know here's Andrew Garfield coming to save the day, and then here's Toby McGuire <laughs> all old and shit. Toby's like fucking beat up. He's like okay, yeah. but I mean, they, they kind of did the same with Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean the the Guardians yeah. that we I haven't had seen the first one yet. Yeah, hold on. Whoa! What? No, 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 no! This is not. This is not spoiler. Okay. You've seen uh, the second, but not the first. I haven't seen the second one either. Okay, okay. So yeah, uh, let's not. Yeah, let's not do that then. I, Dude, I think... you gotta see those, man. I've heard good things. I get this. I have both of them on Blu-ray. I <laughs> just haven't gotten around to watching them. Dude, Dude how have you not watched Guardians? Holy they're le- they're legit. And you're talking to they're somebody who not, not only did not know anything about them, but also when people told me, I was like, that just sounds stupid. And instead, I, I mean, I was watching it just legitimately going like, what the fuck? This is hilarious, but also a superhero movie. Like, it's, it's so and it's, let's like be Spider-Man. honest, if all of us, yeah, if all of us got together and we're superheroes, we wouldn't fucking be Spider-Man or Superman. We'd be Guardians of the Galaxy. We'd be fucking up. One of yeah, us yeah, would be yeah, yeah, yeah. who could talk. Like, that's the kind of shit that would really happen. So, I, you, dude, you got to watch it because it solidifies superheroes for me. It yeah. really does. Okay. It puts them on a tier that is the workman superhero versus the Batman dark superhero versus the iconic superhero. And without Guardians of the Galaxy and having seen it, it's very difficult to sort of understand where everything fits. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a puzzle piece uh, yeah, when important. you watch it. And, and they took such B, you know, not really popular superheroes that oh, I wrestling. hadn't even heard of. And oh, then it's oh, like... Batista. Batista. Batista oh, I love Batista. I'm, a, I'm such a huge fan perfect. of Batista. He's, so am he's, I. Yeah, he's great. I talked like, to him what? on Twitter. <laughs> oh, really? Like, Dude, you're... Oh, yeah. I was like, Dude, I got to say... I didn't think I don't know anything about you, WWE. I know you're in WWE, but I was like, oh, your man. your shit is fucking off the hook. Like your timing, and it's deadpan timing is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And he's like, "Thanks, man. I totally appreciate it. It's very hard to do." And I'm like, I would assume so. And Maddie, his deadpan he, the, when he starts talking and the things he says, you would just. I mean, I was like belly laughing. On <laughs> so it just, I, I, I I've been a huge like I I follow WWE and oh, one right, of my childhood right, yeah. heroes growing up was Batista. Like, he was out and out my favorite wrestler. Yeah, really and and when he left to be a great yeah, person. No, it was. But when he just left, throw some they, people to they, some tables, break some chairs over <laughs> some heads. It was great. He was such a <laughs> badass though. 
But here's the thing. Like, when he left WWE, he turned heel, feuded with John Cena, lost. I was so disappointed. I'm like, all right, I hope this is worth it. I hope he becomes a big success in movies. Mm-hmm. And he had a few shaky runs, you know, with, with the movies that he was in. But then he started being cast in James Bond and Guardian. Like, he's done so well for himself. Rebounded, and I couldn't be happy. For sure. Yeah. Oh, he's ki- he, honestly, I'd, I'd argue he's, he's be, been in better movies than The Rock. Yeah, oh, no. Oh, for without a doubt. And the Rock movies sell absurdly well. I yeah. love The Rock, but he is The Rock as The Rock in The Rock, just wearing a smaller shirt every single... I mean, at also, some point, his shirt's going to be a patch I mean, on his tit. But he, have you seen him in Moana? I mean, that guy did, has a yeah. voice. He has a voice of an angel, The what Rock. What can't he do? He, he, I didn't he think does, the voice but, was that good, but he was passionate about what like, he, he, You can tell he really enjoyed singing those things. Yeah, yeah he did. It's, <laughs> it's just that Batista's like timing. Batista's yeah. timing builds on actual comedic timing where the rock is like i'm a big dude i'm gonna flex my pecs and throw you through a wall which is great because i love those movies but like it's not the same so fucking true. thing and when, in number two when and, and this is not a spoiler for anybody it's just something he says but when when he starts laughing and says he just or she just said your most personal secret do me do i mean i'm fucking legitimately in my i'm just in the theater laughing out loud because his <laughs> child he's a child he's got an iq of like is a child, it's pretty yeah. low but he's a child. He's so innocent, and and the, the abil- inability for him to understand um, uh, talking that isn't perfect. And when he says like something uh, that it just went over your head, and he's like, "Nothing goes over my head. I'm too fast." And the way I will, I will catch it, I will catch it. <laughs> why would I? Why would I do this? Why would I drag drag my? Fa-? You're just like Jesus Christ. He doesn't get anything. And it <laughs> reminds me. It reminds me of The Rock, um, the movie The Rock with uh, Sean Connery and with um, Nicolas Cage. Nicholas Cage and Sean Connery talking. Sean Connery turns around and gives him a thumbs up. And Nicholas Cage goes, okay, what does that mean? And that is exactly <laughs> the entire... That, that, it's that miscommunication. Because every movie pretends everybody understands what everybody else yeah. is doing. But in yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, none of them ever understand what the other one's doing. The entire right, movie. You guys are selling me on this. Not that I had to really be just... I, right. my, my philosophy, it's, it's so fucked up. But for me, it's like... I'll sit down. I'm like, I could watch a movie right now. I'm like, or I could get through this game, and yeah, then I'll just no, play the game. And all the time, all the time, I, like, there's so many shows I want to watch, so many movies I want to watch, but I'm like, oh, I don't really want to balance all of that. I just kind of want to. So like, I gotta just make sure I'm in the mood. And like, when I sit down and watch a movie, like, I watch like fucking three in a day. I'm like, all right, cool, banged out some movies. I'm I'm good for another month or two, and I'll Wait, watch the movies. Smash, later. smash both Guardians, and I quickly want to mention, not a spoiler, but in the second mm-hmm. one, Carrick, the. The relationship between Mantis and and, and mm-hmm. Dave Bautista, man. Oh, it's it awesome. was a, it was so funny, <laughs> dude. It's it's uh-uh. legitimately like uh, I mean, it sounds weird, but it's I swear to God, I felt like I was sort of watching somebody who found their place. Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec, for example, is the same way. I saw Parks and Rec, and I'm like, this is funny. And then yeah. Chris Pratt shows up, and he's hilarious. And I'm like, man, this is. I didn't expect this. And then I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, this is a perfect transition. It feels like Batista's starting at oh, that transition. And you know what's really funny? If you listen to um, podcasts with Batista and in interviews, he talks about how, like, Batista's a big ripped guy, yeah. right? And you, you need that for the character to play Drax because apparently Drax in the comics is, is like a, a huge character. But Chris Pratt got so ripped and he's probably yeah. as big as the uh, as batista yeah. and they have to like play with different shots to make batista look bigger stallone moments where he puts stallone on a milk, 
on a milk case. Yeah, it's, yeah. Great. it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it, it's le- I think you're missing out by by not sitting down and, and spending we four hours. We should talk about movies more often in this podcast. It's great. All right. I mean, if you guys want to make this a part of the show, I don't mind. I'll go out and watch more movies. <laughs> I mean, and then uh, it's not that I, oh, that'll give me. A, I shouldn't say it like this. Like, oh, it'll give me a reason to. But like, if I know we're gonna sit down and really discuss movies, like what we're doing now with Spider Man and and uh, Guardians, then like, yeah, I, mean, well, I have to always have to request it. Um, did any of you watch Wonder Woman? No, I did. No. Ah, oh. oh, Matt. Yeah, that's a great movie too. Say, Wonder Woman I'm, was I'm looking to get to. awesome. Just, just such Does a good DC movie. Move, I love that. Like. Hmm. No, no, you know what? You know what? I, I've been so turned off by DC movies because yeah. I'm just, I am not a fan of Zack Snyder. I, fuck, a passion. Me neither. I did not like Watchmen. Bro I th- Yeah, with Bro Fist. I, I did not like, I just don't like Zack Snyder movies. And then with, I'm the same. I, 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 with Wonder Woman, they got a different fucking director, regardless of whether she was a male, a male or female, whatever it is. It was just a different director to Zack Snyder. And I'm like, yes, it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> or could be, <laughs> could be. Could be a good movie, at least. You know, yeah, which is, it, it's always it, nice to have the option. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, man, Zach, motherfucker, doesn't understand anything. Man, I like I, just, I, I, I swear to God the dude sexed himself up into power because his shit is just ludicrous sometimes. And you're like, how do you still get... How do you still get know, spots? Did like, you say the same thing about, like, Michael Bay? People think that about him. No. Yeah, but... No. but Form is does so well. I, it's that's exactly exactly. I think they're okay. so far beyond. It has now. its own purpose. Yeah, like people yeah. know what they're getting into. And let's was be honest, Michael Bay ruins my oh, Ninja yeah. Turtles. Fucking ass. He ruined my Transformers. <laughs> Remember, I'm a I'm a I'm a typical 1980s kid. So to me, Transformers isn't what isn't this weird fucking Jenga puzzle sh- bullshit you see in his movies. But they're just they're Fast and the Furious with transforming fucking cars. So like it's you know and then. I mean, I mean, it's Mark Wahlberg. Like, he's pretty much in anything that's going to be a big movie, and he does a pretty okay job. Yeah, it's it's just different. It's just different. Z- Zach's just doesn't direct well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, it's Man of Steel. I remember that was a fucking he directed that right because that was a snooze fest. Holy shit! Uh, I did I, not I, like I, that movie. Like, usually I'm like, people... all right, that was okay. Like, not a big deal, but yeah. like. What what you know movies I'm good at keeping up with uh, like I gotta admit Pixar films I love them mm-hmm. so much. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cars they, Three is always. the only one. Is that out yet? Yeah, that's I haven't, out. Seen, I haven't I've... gotten around to seeing that. But dude, Pixar films I'm like on my shit. I love Pixar. Me they too. they like the, never the, fuck up. The Even... original Cars movie felt like oh. a, a proper Disney movie. Like for the first it time did. in ages when I first watched that, I was like, you know what? I haven't watched a movie like that since Lion King. First right. Cars was beautiful. Ooh, I loved it. Ooh, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's yes. fucking just it, it's uh, man. The Lion King is uh, always has my heart because it's got Jeremy Irons in it, who I fucking love, and yeah. um, he's so good in that. But yeah, and speaking of games, back to games because this is a slight gaming podcast, mostly it's about movies. Time. Yeah, but some, <laughs> um, Toy Story three, the video game, phenomenal, excellent. I love I was, that that's game. A thing. Totally surprised. And one of my friends at another co- at another forum was like, "Dude, you need to check this out." I'm telling you, check it out on a weekend. I bought it a couple weekends ago, turned it on. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is legitimately amazing!" The, like, how did I miss this? Mode so, is so oh, good. It is insane. Genius. It is such a well done game, and I think many people thought it was a, a you know, a tie-in, an Dude, IP tie-in, I remember, and just didn't give it a chance. I remember 2011. 
Because I have a Let's Play on my channel. When it the came whole out? fucking game. Yeah. I have a Let's uh, Play on my channel this game. 2011. Holy and shit. I remember I bought it as a joke. I was like, this is going to be a stupid Let's Play I'm going to do. I remember playing it and being like, I didn't know that the, I thought that the game was that toy box mode. I remember mm. I was sitting down to record this Let's Play. I played for four fucking hours before <laughs> I realized I was not recording because I got so absorbed in the game. I was like, this, is, <laughs> this shit's so good. Oh, it's that is one of the phenomenal. best tie-in games ever made in the, in the yeah. most unlikely property. So good. Yep. yep. Oh my gosh. Anyway, since we're transitioning back to games, let's talk Write about the time down. Write the time down yep. real quick. Oh Actually. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. Sorry. Uh, let's talk. Welcome about... back, non-spoiler yeah, people. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. So when Spider-Man dies at the end of the movie, <laughs> 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 just joking. Let's yeah, talk about. It's not Spider-Man. It's Batman. Jason no, Vandenberg. Vandenberg, yeah, okay, I just want to make sure I'm saying his name right, leaves Ubisoft and joins ArenaNet. Now, for those who don't know, ArenaNet is the developer of, like, Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, um, the recent expansion they just had for Guild Wars 2. Really different transition for a guy who was a big history buff. It seemed like For Honor was really a passion project. It, It seemed to have caught a lot of people's attention as it gradually released this year. And then it really dipped off. Um, it lost half its player base in two weeks. And now we hear that the director of this game is leaving Ubisoft and going to a studio that makes, I believe, I haven't done too much research on Guild Wars 2, but I believe it's more like a fantasy kind of game. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of an MMO. Really different change of scenery. And we were talking about earlier how we have these really toxic places in gaming that developers work at. They get overworked and they just want out. And, Carrick, you said you heard something, so I was curious what... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is not from a normal source but mm. it, it, it the the rumor had been that the the switches that were coming out and and some of the stuff that was going on and the loss of the player base there was something behind the scenes where it was like sort of a make it or break it kind of discussion where it was like we need to do this and if we don't i'm gonna you know start looking around and then he he talks about how he went to arena net on a lark which no one really jumps on a plane on a lark usually because that costs a little money so I'm sure he thought something when he was going there, and he said he got there. People at ArenaNet sat him down and basically pitched him something, which he's not really, he hasn't really said what this something is. And he decided right then and there, he's like, I'm done. So I have a feeling, I mean, some weird shit went on with For Honor. I mean, I think everybody can agree yeah. that game went from this to whatever it is now yeah, very uh, pretty quickly, right? So it might burn about. It's about- not getting that. Here's the thing is I thought For Honor was a decent game, but um, it's not getting that Rainbow Six Siege type of attention. It could have been that I... same platform. It has the same infrastructure, in my opinion, so I don't know why it didn't. So, yeah, I agree. Something went on with that game, and it's uh, post-launch support. That's one thing I've always said. Ubisoft's done a good job getting their act together, but they need to work harder and faster to get just because of how the gaming climate is just to get this DLC out at a quicker rate because that's why we see these articles like, Oh man, we just lost half our player base in two weeks, and yeah, that's partially due to the, the game itself. But um, if they didn't make you wait like three months for just two new characters to come out, like they did with Siege, you know, where it's like one map, a new like two new characters, and that's like in the span of every like four to five months. I mean, that's such a long wait that players eventually dip out, and when it finally comes, they don't they're not invested anymore. So I think that has something to do with it, the numbers. But I mean, for a guy who is so into history, why? Do you think he goes to a fantasy studio? Change of scenery? The people? You can still be influenced by history and fantasy and just do what you want. We have much more True. creative freedom. True. Yeah. Maybe it's an idea for him. What, what Nate? Did you play it, Nate? Huh? Pardon? 
Did you play For Honor? Um, yeah, it was all right. I didn't particularly care for it. It was a good game. It tried to do something different, but it didn't hold my attention at all. Mm-hmm. Like after yeah. a week, it was just Mine like, yeah. They had an interesting concept for like the multiplayer map and everything, and how it was like shifting factions and whatnot. But it was also way too difficult for me to really care to try and figure out and understand. So I just didn't bother. Really? Yeah. See, that's the thing is, um, it was very mechanical. Even when you fought people online, it was very easy to just break down the game and find the easiest way to win, which was to grab and stagger the person, either kick them against the wall mm-hmm. or kick them off the fucking edge. Uh, that worked without fail. Um, I think what they really should have done, this is one of the few games I would say this for, is this was a title that didn't need a, a campaign, as far as I'm concerned. It really didn't need one. I would have rather them take the Siege route once again and just, you know, maybe do, like, the training missions and the uh, operations they did in Siege, but, like, devote all those resources to the multiplayer. and, and a, a couple of extra classes, more maps, more modes, I think that would have served the game better, and maybe you wouldn't have seen the same problem where this player base is leaving because i agree i thought it was a, pre- a really unique title it was basically a fighting game right but no one really knew it. it it wore the disguise of this third person action game but plays like a fighter so i i gotta say i i really appreciate it It sucks to see the game just kind of fall off the face of the earth though i i think ubisoft made a mistake also in so if it's a fighting game because because i would agree that for many people that's what we would call it um if you look at Siege and you break down Siege into its gameplay elements, there's a lot of strategy. There's, you know, there's uh, attacking, retreating, all this kind of stuff. There's far less in For Honor, sure. and there's far less overall strategy and different weapons you can use. You know, a sword's a sword's a sword. You, you have just a couple different things. Where in uh, a Siege, you have all manner of different ways in which you can do things. And so they scheduled their release pattern like they did with Siege. But the difference is, is Siege's gameplay is far more complex. True. Like it or hate it, that's what happened. And then you have this long-term, we're going to release some characters, and it's like, okay, but I'm just not back into it at this point. Additionally, let's remember, they had a shit ton of technical issues with the, with the servers. They had mm. a nasty amount of... And people, when you're playing those kind of games, man... When you start having those kind of issues, I just don't think it takes very long if there's also the lack of strategy in the long run, the ability to last a while, the ability to engage and then retreat in Siege is far higher than in For Honor. For Honor, usually once you come together, somebody's dying most of the time, right? But in Siege, I can't tell you how many times I've fought into a room and then evacuated because it wasn't working. And there's that cool feeling of lethality mixed with longevity of, of each time you play that doesn't exist in For Honor. And That's I think the, that... That is one of my biggest regrets from 2015 is because I didn't have enough hours in it at the time. But God, that would be in my top three games from that year if I, if I were to read For it. Honor? No, uh, Siege. Oh, Siege. Yeah. Oh my God. That is such a good game. And, you know, that was the only reason I stopped playing Siege is because I like Overwatch so much. But, oh man, Siege. <laughs> I, oh, so good. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I get what you mean, though. They tried with For Honor to really stretch the resources. You had uh, characters with longer range. Uh, I remember, like, Kensei would be able to, like, dodge and slash to the left or True. right, I think, or something like yeah. that. So um, the I forgot the name of the class that I played as, but it was kind of like the rogue and with the two knives. Um, and, like, if you grab someone, if you stab them, you'd poison them. So they tried to make it where each class was varied, and I think they did a, a pretty, su- pretty successful job. But as you said, you know, a sword's a sword's a sword. So it's not like you're building this different loadout in Siege where, um, yeah. you know, you got the riot shield or you got the, 
the really heavy magnum behind the ride shield, or maybe you want a more rapid fire. Or you're still... coming in from the ceiling. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. even or you're blowing leap, open even... walls and flying. Yeah, in. So yeah it's just a lot it's of out dynamics. There. It's you out know, there. It would have been cool if you had like a ballista and you could just fire down, uh, <laughs> and break walls, <laughs> take out the body of shit. the guy you just killed into the fucking ballista. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, That'd awesome. be awesome. I'd fucking dig that. But um, yeah, it's a shame that that's how it ended up blowing. You said, I think you said you were planning on playing For Honor. Has that changed? I just play. I just played the campaign. <laughs> wow. I actually liked the campaign. I thought it was it was a nice little campaign, but I never got into the multiplayer. So I, I was really? I was really weird with with For Honor because I only really like playing. You know, there's definitely got to be a, a demographic out there who appreciates. Well, it. yeah, just likes playing single player campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but. I will say that the foreigner single player campaign it it was it was short and sweet the the story was okay um but I could see why this game is kind of like not doing too well like it, it it didn't just wow me you know what I mean so right. siege has this it has this level of like cooperation and anxiety that for honor couldn't capture like in really? for honor like you're supposed to be playing with the team but it really at the end of the day doesn't matter as long as you're all just decent at pressing buttons fast enough. But in Siege, you got to cooperate with people when someone's firing at you. You get anxious. You get excited. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really happen in For Honor that much. It's like, oh, damn it, I died. Well, absolutely. And, and when you really think about it, I, I wouldn't say uh, For Honor boils down to pressing buttons, but more so that if your teammate did – it's about a respect factor. It's a community thing. And if someone says, fuck this guy, and, and you get double teamed, like you're, you're basically as good as dead. It's so hard True. to fight off two people unless you press triangle and use that revenge thing and – you knock everyone off and you're, you're all of a sudden a fucking tank and can take like 20 hits, then you're fine. But most of the time, yeah, it, it's a respect thing where, like you said, Siege is that team-based tactical effort where it's like, all right, I'm going to blow up the wall at this time. You're going to blow it up right after. They're going to be scattered and confused. Then we're going to flush in. You know, so it's it's that different level of cooperation that I and think makes a huge honest. difference. Um, there, fort building, I think as kids, I don't know about you guys. I don't know alone. I don't even know if like Australians have couches, but because you're like a third world country. Um, but when I was a kid, I built couch forts, right. All the time, like couch forts where you'd take the, you'd take the, um, the, the bottom, uh, cushions, you'd fold them up. You take the top cushions, you put them over and you'd have a cave. I'd watch cartoons in there and shit. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, siege nailed that for me. The ability for me to put up reinforcements on walls and like build safe places there was something about that that made me feel like a kid like there's a strategy that just comes out of nowhere it's it's the the ballistic shield is the same way there's something that's just like oh shit i can do this to affect not only myself but someone else like i can i can not only negatively but positively my own team (laughs) and barbed wire there's just something about it that um it, it captured the kid in me and i was just like oh fuck i can do this i can do that and I think that uh, For Honor, man, when I played it, I'm like you guys. Like I played it, and it just it, it evaporated. I even had a review copy. It just never got reviewed. People would be all, are you going to review For Honor? I'm like, well, I got to play it more, and I never <laughs> yeah. returned to it. Yeah. I yeah, just dude, never I, did. Because the um, another thing about uh, Siege is that that tension that comes from like when you're you're huddled in your corner, you got like the the shield up in front of you, you reinforce yeah. the walls behind you, and all of a sudden you hear the the thermite charge, like the yeah. And you're like, and oh, then you're fuck. just like, where? Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta hurdle the wall and sprint the fuck out and try to find cover real quick. Like, it, it's just the dynamic nature of that game. It, it's so good. I it shocks me that, uh, and I, I haven't played a lot of the original Rainbow Six games, but it shocks me that there's like a, a community of people who's like, this isn't how Rainbow Six was. I'm like, but this is like 
really dynamic, exciting gameplay. I don't, I don't get it. I thought it was a really good game, and that that was a game that like when I first saw the gameplay of, people were stoked, and I was on the other side of the fence and thinking like, right. eh, nah, not really feeling it. But um, I think that's because of the the E3 demo catastrophe that struck Ubisoft pretty hard. <laughs> all right, any final comments on for on uh? Nah, I'm all good. You're all good, Lone. Nate, ah, oh, you've done it again. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm good. There, there was a skill ceiling to it. Like you could be good at it. I agree. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just bushing, button mashing, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't the same type of gameplay at all compared yeah, to yeah. Siege no, that kept you coming back. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about the PS5. It's, it's never too early for that bullshit, right? An analyst has predicted that the PlayStation Five is coming in 2019. Mind you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to emphasize analyst prediction. All right. Uh, it's Michael coming in Pactor, 2019. Yeah, Michael Pactor, and he said it's going to be another half step. And by that, he was referring that the he had the PS4, then the PS4 Pro was a half step. So then the PS5 is going to be that another half step. We're not going to see what would be a generational leap like the PS2 to the three. I think is the most common comparison, or the original Xbox to the 360. Um, so, with that said, does this make? Does, do you guys think? Let's let the consoles live a little bit longer. It's only been four years now. Um, because for me, the first console cycle I really was like there from start to finish for was the, the 360 PS3 one. So I'm really curious to hear like Carrick's thoughts on it. Lone, I want to hear yours, Nate's. So Fireway, is it too soon for the PS5? I'll let these okay. guys go first. If it's it, a half it, step, yes, I think so. If we're being technical with it, I mean, if it comes out in 2019, then that's, what, six years since the PS4 was out, which is about the same length of time as the PS2 to PS3, et cetera, technically, right? But Mm. it feels too soon. I I think towards the end of of last gen, it felt like the right time. Yes. But this time around, because we've had those mid-gen cycle refreshes with the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X coming out, it just it feels like a different time where I, I wouldn't want to see a PS5 in, in 2019, if at all. I mean, I would I would just rather these consoles be improved continuously with, with better upgrades. I, I know that it goes against the traditional console cycle, but I, I don't know if I want to go back to that. I, I guess maybe because I'm used to PC and I can just be like, well, I'm going to upgrade this aspect of my PC and I don't have to get a PC too. You know what I mean? It just... It feels too soon. It, that's just my opinion. Yeah. PC2 cracks me up. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. You know you awesome. want it. <laughs> the PC2. It's too, it's, everything is better. Uh, what about you, Nate? Um, like it's, it's pretty weird for me because it seems as though technology is advancing faster than Microsoft and Sony are able to put consoles out for. When the Xbox 360 and the PS3 released, they were almost relatively high-end PCs. And then when the Xbox One and PS4 came out, they were, like, mid-ish at at best. And it looks like Microsoft is trying to kind of take that back. The Xbox One X has more cores than, like, Grand Theft Auto V characters have fingers. So it's looking like they're trying to do something there. It's almost almost a high-end PC. But it seems like it would make more sense to just, you know, maybe allow upgrades in some capacity. The problem I have with PCs is they're so inconvenient to make. Like, people would tell me, Oh, it's only $400. It's so easy. You're throwing your money away at the console, but I like that convenience. I valued that. I like knowing I didn't have to wait like a week for the parts to arrive, and I knew if it didn't work, worst case scenario, I go back to the store with the receipt. 
And the PC, and like, has never really casual, had that. Apparently. <laughs> I know, yeah, it makes me terrible. So no, I and, and sitting that's and I exactly why, when I bought my PC, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to buy a pre-built, because if anything goes wrong, I don't have to figure that shit out. I take the box back, and they work it out. I don't have to take out which component and see, is it my graphics card that's wrong? Is it my motherboard? i got to send that individual bit back and be without a computer for two weeks. Like, you know, yeah. I, I get that. It's a um, I completely fails. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm a casual, so... I feel like if consoles or if Microsoft and Sony could find a way to almost make them sort of upgradable in a, in a, in a way, because that does somewhat remove the convenience, but I feel like if they did that to an extent, it would feel almost... Uh, it would be more streamlined, in a sense. There'd be less risk attached. You'd know exactly what to get, more or less, whereas with PCs, they're all over the place. Like, I yep. recently tried to upgrade my video card. My tower, it didn't fit my tower, so I kind of had to tear that apart. Oh, I ended up sending bad. it into a place. That's the worst. That's a bit, yeah. Like when it finally comes in the mail and it's too big, fuck. But the confidence and convenience that a wow, like, PlayStation well, well, or Xbox it offers. it <laughs> comes in the mail and it's, and it's too big. Yeah, right when it came out, God, out there. Damn, that was, was awesome. Like, ah, That's the best sentence ever said on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's oh, sorry, why you got to measure inches and lengths, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's all about, sorry, Nate. What we, what, I, I interrupted <laughs> That was just crazy. Continue. Oh, no, I, that was pretty much it. I'm just, I, I'm interested to see how Sony does because it seems like right now Microsoft is already pushing the what ZeniMax would call the bleeding edge of console technology. So maybe well, Sony will do something good and they'll blow us away. But the PS4 Pro was pretty disappointing to me, in my opinion. So we'll see if the PS4 Pro 2 or PS5 does the same. So let's adjudicate our cunnilingus here for a second, yes. as in let's educate people. Mm. Um, PS3 and the Xbox 360 were power PC, completely different style of processor. Yeah. One of the positives of that was a much higher clock core. For example, the 360 was at 3.6. Uh, Xbox One, I think, is 1.8, if I remember right, something like that. But, of course, add more. Additionally, you look at the fact that multi-threading has never been that good, even on PC-style titles, and that's what Xbox and PS4, Xbox One and PS4, have both had to transfer into. One of the problems with uh, status quo kind of hardware configurations like we're getting is that you can't have the jumps and the customization without accruing a financial risk that is instantly noticeable by everyone who's building it. So let me give you an example. When people made the 360, no one knew what 256 megs of onboard RAM was going to be like versus 512 until Cliff Bozinski built a level of gears with both and showed it to Microsoft, who then immediately said 512. So what happens is you have a safer moment now. Xbox One, PS4, PS4 Pro, it's safer. It's the, you know, it's, it's a typical CPU, CPU yeah. we all see. So we're going to adjust this CU a little bit. We're going to adjust this computational unit. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. The problem is, is in the past, there was a little bit of secret sauce. The cells were pretty cool. The RAM on the 360 really surprised developers because it allowed them to do some crazy stuff. And what's happened is that extended those. So their power at the time came out and they were very powerful and they looked very good and their power went, it basically pushed them. Most people assume it's one to two years past when they should have been replaced. So what happens is if you look at um, fabs and how fabs put together CPUs, what that means is the Xbox One and PS4 came in at the end, or sorry, at the starting instead of at the end of something, or you could almost say in the middle of these CPUs. And so what they got was mid-range. Additionally, yeah. Microsoft and Sony both chose to go with a low-power spec that no one really knows why they chose this, other than Microsoft has hinted that because it's a 
home box, we want it to be a low power spec. So they went with the Jaguar mobile CPUs. So the, these jumps that we're seeing now are offset. They're different times. Something akin to the Sat Sega Saturn coming out early. It was a little bit more powerful, but then boom, the PS was there. And it was even more powerful because it was a full set more. So I think when you look at, will we have a PS5? Will we have whatever? You can simply look at fabs. You can look at the prices and you can say, okay, does this make sense? And to be honest, if Pactor's saying this, I'm assuming what he heard was this because it makes perfect sense if you look at it being a 0.5. What he probably heard is that the CPU is going to switch over to the next ramp down for the nanometer and you're going to have a CPU that matches their GPU currently, which it doesn't. It's offset by two to one, which means the GPU is basically two times as powerful as it needs to be for the CPU mm. that we're seeing. And what that would do is you'd have a PS4 Pro Pro. So you'd have the somewhat the same video card because you're already getting 4K or na you know, native and checkerboard, but you'd have a CPU that could get you closer to your 60 frames per second. Mm. And, uh, of course, developers will choose 30 and make it look better if that's what they can do. The Xbox One X is doing the same thing. It's just stepped even further, and they figured out some ways to overclock it even more. They added some CP CU units on there. But I think if we were if we want to see a full upgrade, um, we have to pretend that history doesn't exist and that these companies didn't figure out they can sell us the half upgrade, and they did. Yeah. People buy iPhones, thousands and thousands of them. Man, I know people with like eight iPhones, and I'm I I don't think they fucking have made a call on each one of them. So fucking scrubs, they're Get an 400, Android, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So 300, 400 for a phone. Those kind of things, people, there's a little less of an issue there. And then convenience, people will pay for it. And it's something that Nate said eloquently. It's like the convenience factor. And that's the thing. Their convenience is there. Microsoft knows it. Sony knows it. Microsoft's going to do the X. I don't see any reason why Sony won't do a PS4 Pro Pro. The only thing that scares the shit out of me, guys, is that the PS4 Pro is less than 10% of total new sales on the PS4. Yeah. What that indicates to me is two things. One, HDR should not have been in the PS4 Pro or PS4 normal. If I was not because as a consumer, I think it should be. I'm saying if I was a business manager, uh, HDR is in both. That probably shouldn't have happened so that you differentiate yourself. And I think it does show that the PS4 Pro has some issues uh, in the CPU units and, 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 and it's in its frame rate and, and, and that kind of situation. But we're looking at a at a problem. I don't see how they can go back to the 111 kind of release. The Sega Saturn, the Dreamcast, you know, the SNES, the, the what was it, GameCube? N64? N64 yeah. is next, right? I just don't see how, and the reason why is because the money is there. And, and it is. I mean, the money is there. And, and if it's easier and if it's more convenient, then people will buy it, and they can sell that pretty easily, I think. And I, I do think we'll see a 0.5, and I don't see them going back to waiting six years in the true sense. Because they'll too much always money be to make when, you, yeah. when you do the half steps. They'll always, yeah, exactly. And Microsoft's smart. Microsoft has had a half step this entire generation. The computer, the not to be rude, the one they, yeah. but they have been. They have always had a second skew, and what they're trying to do is is branch it up a little bit. A little bit more power, still convenient, but a little bit more power to get those people who are thinking about getting a PC, but they don't want a CPU that's too big to show up, or a GPU like Maddie and Nate had. So they're like, I'll go with an Xbox One X. I just see that convenience, which is fine. 
people will continue to purchase those. And I, I do not see us going back to, I just don't see why any company would do it unless a new technology came forward. PPC, you know, a, a new type of uh, arm, uh, you know, like uh, the switch, you know, if those kind, if that kind of technology branched off and we saw ultra powerful things coming from them, I, I could see if, if the leap was there, you know, you can do it. But I think we're in dire straits when it comes to anybody wanting a full generation weight. I don't think yeah. it'll happen again. I don't know, and I wouldn't see the reason why, if I was sitting in Sony's position, why I would. Now, obviously, they have the numbers, and they're looking at it and saying, well, when you release a, a new full refresh, like the... Um, Every PS- buys in. Every, you know, everyone gets excited. Everyone's like, oh, it's a PS5 now. It's all about naming, and it's all about marketing, right? And, and advertising that product. And that's why I think partly, anyways... Uh, that the PS4 Pro didn't sell as well. And Sony's probably looking at that and saying, well, our mid-gen console refresh didn't do that well, but maybe if we did a PS5, people would actually get excited about it because it's a brand new thing, right? Yeah. But the, the, the thing that I would temper that with is that usually console makers, unless you're Nintendo, aren't really making much of a profit, if at all, from their actual hardware sales. So wh- I, if I was in their position, I would just prefer to say, you know what, we have God knows how many PS4s out there, over 40 million at this stage. We have a good amount of PS4 Pros. Let's just, I, I like Xbox's plan to say, we're just going to have this one family where everyone has access to the same games. It's the Xbox One family. And if they just keep, you know, every now and again, every couple of years or three years, releasing a new console that doesn't try and distinguish itself from its past counterparts, but everyone still feels like it's the one family. Then no one, I, I guess on one side, no one feels obligated to buy the new console, but that's probably why Sony might be thinking about doing a PS5 in the first place because people or, want to buy something separate and different and special. Or naming it that, I think, is what you're saying. It, it may it's not just, be a 5, it's, but it's just you know the what? name. He, and, and that's the thing, Carrick. Like you were mentioning a lot about actual you know, technological upgrades that would justify being a, a call the PS5. I mean... Right. For my standpoint, I don't care what's in the box. I mean, they'll call it a PS5 yeah. if they want to call it a PS5. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and I agree re- with that. Yeah. Like, the only reason they do that is because it has enough power in there, whether it's the same, based on the same CPU as past gens, it doesn't really matter. That if, if it's powerful enough to, for example, push out native 4K 30 frames per second solidly, then they'll call it a, a, a PS5. So um, do you think... Yeah. We'll say this next generation comes in in 2019. We got the PS5, the Xbox, hypothetical too. Um, what would you define games as at that point in time? Because um, what I feel like we've seen in video games now, since you know the the PS4 has released, is is much more high quality end of the 360 PS3 era type games. If you know what I mean, like those big games. But now they're doing more with the graphics. They're adding a little bit more content. It's not like we, we talked about that huge leap. So when you see the PS5, the Xbox 2, are you what kind of games are you thinking of? Because me, the first thing I think of is let's get the, the mainstream to be the or the common thing to be every game can do 4K, 60 FPS, no matter what game it is. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, but mm-hmm. you don't you do not want to. OK, so you don't want More to tell options, a developer rather options. Yeah, to pick between right. That's two. what I was going to say because because a developer will look at that and go, well, 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 wait, wait, we want to. We're okay yeah. with thirty because we're telltale specified. Like more customization for the player experience. <laughs> you know, what I'm talking yeah. about where um, it, 
it kind of runs like a PC in that sense, but I, I'm sure the, the UI would be more simplified where you start up the game. We were talking about a couple games that did this. I, I forgot what game it was. I, I think it was Nier, who had like an action mode or something like that. I don't remember. No, was, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Neo. Neo, that's what it was, yeah. right? There was a yeah, 60 FPS action mode. mode, and there was like a performance mode, something along those lines. So stuff like that, I, like seeing more options like that, that's what I expect in the future. Like, do you want this open world game to run at 60 FPS? at a lower resolution or vice versa. That's yeah. personally what I'd hope to see in the next generation, along with the, the games as we see them grow now. Arc's well, already doing be... that on console, or which, uh, that's a game I really used to like, and I don't really care for it that much more, but they already have that option, like detailed graphics or performance graphics. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and you know, that's important, because yeah. not everyone has a 4K TV. I mean, what, what's the uptake in the US now? 13%? Yeah. Maybe, maybe by 2019, 2020, it's closer to 50 but, you know, p- people still are out there that just want to play 1080p and would prefer 60 frames. I mean, I-, I don't know how many conversations I've had with people on PC that are like, I will always go for the lower resolution if it means it runs at a solid 60 frames because Same. you don't really notice those slight decreases in-, in-, in graphical quality, but you sure as hell notice when the frames are dropping. I'll tell you, know? you what, you're talking to a totally different gra- demographic than I talk to. That's okay, insane. That's really? insane. It's insane. Well, I cannot well, believe I mean, you Kerry, said you, that. You've played about. You've played a lot of HDR, Forza, Horizon. 3 yeah, but I mean, I the number of people I know who, who I, and and I don't actually. I want to make sure. I, I'm not saying he's insane or that those people are insane. Who are saying it for that specific thing? It's one thing he said, which is that it's a small change. 1080p to 4K resolution. No, I, I, I'm more ta- sorry. Small change. Small change in regards to let's say changes in in texture quality right i mean okay sure people people will go for uh i guess medium shadows instead of higher shadows if it means that games runs at a as a solid frame however there are also people out there that will actively say i don't want to play 4k until 60 frames is possible because right now even with some of the highest graphics cards out there like a 1080 ti titan x they still can't output 4k 60 frames so people are actively saying i'd rather stick a 1080p at very high graphic settings get a solid 60 frames at least and that's going to be a more enjoyable game experience you know that's why i think we'll see stuff like the x which is going to downsample every game uh you know if you're not 4k it'll it'll downsample and 1080p downsampled looks fantastic anyway so that you know you'll and you'll it should be downsampled to there. sixty frames. It really should be. Well, that see that's the problem. Is that CPU versus GPU? A lot of yeah. people get those. You know, it, you don't. But I'm saying a lot of people get, think that it should be easy, and you'll hear like lazy dev, and it's like no, just go masturbate in. And they just work just, harder that, that, and make yeah, it just, happen. <laughs> yeah, it just that's that's not the way re- the real world works. So, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, I I would agree with Lone that like some some people will certainly take the you know, a degrade in one area for the other, those kind of things. But I do think that we're forgetting there's a couple bits of technology that you don't hear about. You won't hear about like HDR because it's not as easily viewable, but is going to be on the Xbox One X. And I would be shocked if it's not on the PS5. We'll call it the PS. I get, yeah, we'll just call it the five. Uh, and that's uh, any kind of variable refresh. So with G-Sync style, um, that's something that's in the, the Xbox One X. It'll be supported by any TV that supports it. That is insane. Um, that it, it, If that actually, if it all comes to fruition like it looks like it's going to, that is a larger impact 
than many of the other things we're talking about, including, sadly enough, even though I love it, HDR. Because a lot of people I'll show HDR to, if they haven't watched the same thing on, on non-HDR a little bit before, they can sometimes go, I can't see the big difference. Exactly. And, I'm the same but, way. Uh, my, my friend got this 80-inch 4K, or I think it's, eight, it's a huge fucking 4K TV. And I, I, need a, I needed a side-by-side because when I first got there, it, we went there for UFC fights. I was like, yeah, it looks good, you know? And then, like, I, I saw, you know, wait, come here. Look at, look at it on this TV. And I was like, oh, Okay. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. It, I was like, it, all it, right, it, now I'm seeing like the... side by side, yeah. you know. yeah. But see, but, so... And that's exactly what I mean, why some people won't care. Yeah. Because they're, they're not, they're, they don't have a 4K monitor and a 1080p monitor and say, well, which one fucking looks better? It better, yeah. like, you it's know, also be a big to, upgrade. It's also hard to sell over the internet when you're, you're doing it through live streams and, and YouTube videos trying to say, like, look how beautiful this looks on this TV. It's like... All right, well, I'm watching Dude, through. Twitch only allows six up, right? Mm. Six six megabytes. Yeah. So already. So that's 720p at 60 FPS max. Anything above that, and you have horrendous artifacting. So you're talking 4K. Imagine these companies trying to show off on YouTube with YouTube compression. You and I both know about yeah, compression. Like, you'll, you'll have this awesome video. You'll upload it, and YouTube will be all, fuck you. Yeah, like, It'll crush no. your dreams. <laughs> it's you gonna thought be this is a pretty looking video. You, you'll oh, be dude. both thinking, "Wow, this game is beautiful." You won't believe what you see, and then like the fucking video just stutters, and there's like a or or HDR. A, I mean, YouTube just started supporting HDR, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know, uploads. So that that's another thing. I think that we're getting into this odd territory where once you get to like you know checkerboarding and real 4K, some people can't see that. Who already couldn't see 30 and 60? Who couldn't see 720p and 900p? We're getting into I, a really weird there, there time. There's some people who genuinely can't see it. I love the kid to death, but I had a friend who tried telling me, he's like, yeah, Zelda runs at 60 FPS. I'm like, no. no Which Zelda? <laughs> the Breath of the Wild. No oh, way. Oh, fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, on, on, honestly, I had the same thing. I sound like such a cock about it, too. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you think. Yeah, like, a, like an evil genius. That's yeah. not what I meant to sound like, but that's, that, I literally, that's the reality. That's what I did. I had that fucking evil laugh, and he was like, what the fuck, dude? I was like, sorry. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. <laughs> that's awesome, though. It's, uh, it, and it's so mean, but you're not yeah. being mean, but it's like, come on. Come on. I was like, yeah, that's why I was yeah. like, come on. Come on, Brian. Come on. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, so here's what I want to see, and I want to know what you guys think. Do you know what I want to see on... So Xbox One's already doing a ton of updates this week with being able to stream together, which is awesome. So you can have multiple people stream. Fucking phenomenal. But here's the thing. I want to see controllers change. I want to see better controllers. I want to see the Elite be the basic for the same amount of money. Mm. I want to see batteries last longer. I want to see the PS4 be usable at all. I fucking hate that (laughs) piece of shit. Um, controller on the PS4 with its battery length, like a oh fucking, my god, dude, dual shot. Yeah, like I literally think Which? I'm losing my mind when I go on marathon <laughs> sessions of that game. I plug it's it in, it's full, it's full battery. Hard. I'm like, all right, cool. I unplug it. Like I go, I go play for like an hour, and it, it tells me your battery's low again. I'm like, dude, didn't I? I had this plugged in. I swear yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, so I want to see stuff like that. That's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for seeing everything else sort of come up and like beat where they they're not right now. I don't think. I mean, 150 for an elite. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. I would punch somebody in the balls if I was in a meeting and somebody was like, "We're going to charge 150 for a controller." If the controller played the game for you, maybe. <laughs> but come the fuck on, right? Does anybody think 150? No, let's be honest. No. I, I have, I have no. trouble spending 60 on a controller. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, I've stayed away from. I think the Xbox Elite is closer to 200 bucks in Australia. What? Uh. <laughs> And then there's the uh, the pro controller for the Switch was like 80 at launch. I was just like, 
No. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, Xbox, you give Xbox Elite wireless controller is two hundred dollars ADP games, and I'm I just got... like, that that's that's like ha- almost half the price of a, of a Switch. It's I, wow. these guys have perspective. You're charging one fifty. Add thirty bucks to that. I could buy three fucking games and play with a, your your controller you gave me. No, but um, it's it's targeting a different demographic. It, it it's sure. exactly like the Xbox One. It's it, it's targeting a completely different demographic. What I'm saying like, is, it's I don't not want targeting it to that alone. I'm saying Sorry? I don't want it to. Oh, no, so no, I, and I, I completely, I get where I, you're coming. Like, I look, want that to be the basic. If the Xbox Elite controller was priced like a regular one, I think that would be 80 bucks or maybe closer to 100 in Australia. I'd be like, fuck yeah, that'd be awesome, right? Sure. But it, it, the things that it comes with, it, I know it's not appealing to me because I'm not like super um, Call of Duty. I, I need all those extra triggers and shit like that. It's just, it's not appealing to me. So I don't care about the price. Mm-hmm. Sure. What are the advantages to the elite? Like the battery lasts longer. There's paddles. Yeah. Oh, the paddles. paddles. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty customizable. Yeah. Dude, I had paddles. I have a Microsoft controller around here somewhere from the '90s that does that, and I have still used it until it finally stopped having drivers updated by fans. And I'm telling you, once you get accustomed to having the paddles, it, it fighting back. games. It does. It doesn't matter what game, racing, anything. It. it no, di- you don't have to use the digital pad. You can use those if you want to transfer thing. It's it's fucking phenomenal how just that little bit adds to the game. And um, I my I want it to be basic because if we're gonna charge more, if you're gonna have a system that's almost a PC, then fucking give us some more. Give us a little bit more, you know, in, in the controllers. And, and I mean, charging you know, batteries. You know where I think they should start, Carrick. They should bundle one xbox Elite controller with the xbox one X. you're absolutely right without a shadow of a doubt that is absolutely what they should do and they should also have a pack-in game because fuck every company that stopped packing games yeah Sorry. they used to be i, the arm. Know, they used to be the I, I don't arm. understand why it doesn't ha- i mean l- let's be honest what here. happens I mean, in the days of getting the double-sided game packages dude, where you had, like, yeah cardboard and you just open it was just the I disc. sorry it's a motorsport and the fucking jet set radio i was like yes or or you could pick which one you got with the game i mean with the system i, I, I think I the best choice for the xbox one x2 mm-hmm. is master chief collection i mean it's is it really selling that well now i don't know right but they're older games that mm-hmm. it's a nice pack-in because there's three of them or whatever it is how i think it's four, four. and just it's getting put, updated and it's getting updated. I'd I'd put that in there with the Xbox One X. That would be awesome. And then and then obviously, I don't know if you have like two versions, one with a pack in, one with not, because maybe people don't want to. Like the only problem with pack ins is if there's a pack in game and the console's five hundred, for argument's sake, some people might be like, well, I don't want that game. I already have it. Sell it to me for four fifty. That's what? the only problem with packing. This games. is going to be like one of those Ruby Slipper situations we were talking about. But, great. But, yeah. No, yeah. but uh, no, but here's, about no, not, not what you're talking about because I completely agree oh. with what I'm about to say, which is I fucking hate when you unbox a console now and they, it comes with a game and it's a fucking it's DLC a code. code. I'm like, really? <laughs> it costs that much to just put the fucking case in there with the disc? You just had it's to give me a It's a nostalgia factor. Code. You need to have that box, man. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> It makes a lot of sense, though, from a business perspective, because oh, if you've already sure. made the decision to buy the console, if you're already paying $500, adding Peggle 2 or whatever game they want to the disc <laughs> or to the box probably isn't going to make a big impact on your decision. Peggle. <laughs> but, I don't know and, why. And it's a good game. A great game choice, Peggle. The amount of money that they're saving on not manufacturing CDs, and also as well, they can ship out those boxes so much more quicker when they don't have sure. to print the CDs. 
Print the fucking CDs. I don't care. No. <laughs> you know what I say? Fuck that. Install the game on the hard drive. I, I want to buy it. Yeah, save me. Get, yeah, get rid me of the DLC. Yeah, just just everyone comes packaged. You buy the basic version. I will say I was pretty impressed. I bought the Xbox One S for my brother this last Christmas, and he got like, dude, it was insane. It was like two fifty nine, and he got seven games or something wow, because of all nice. the. Yeah, it was. It was legitimately cool to see him go, dude. I don't need to buy anything for a while, like, I, and I like that. I just I want I do I want the physical stuff like Maddie a little for more some reason than a controller. Yeah. <laughs> true. Dude, true because what happened was I got bucks. I got Final Fantasy twelve. I made a video about how much gaming's changed. I got it. And I'm like, oh, this package feels like kind of. Oh, guys, it's, it's gonna sound wrong again. Kara, get ready to laugh. I'm like, oh, this package is kind of thick. Hold on, every, everyone, hold on, <laughs> everyone, close your eyes. Maddie My package is thick. Yeah, I was like, this package is thick. And so, <laughs> and so I pop it open, yeah. thinking like, oh, this guy being instruction manual in here. We got some fucking warning about the game itself. <laughs> And a, a nice pamphlet about the newest DLC for Stormblood. But don't worry. Instead of giving me an instruction manual, they give me a reversible fucking cover. You know, just in case I really wanted to do that and pimp you the really thing up. I really want instruction manuals. <laughs> I, I, that does not phase me. No one reads them. No one. I'm what are you on? They replace them with, Come like, basically on. People jump in the game. No. Who reads instruction manuals? I'd rather them get rid of fucking tutorials and just read a fucking booklet for five minutes before I play the game. And just have me jump into the game and know the controls. And just and just start the story. Not, hey, like, hey, wait one second as a little pop-up comes up. Press A to jump. It's like, okay, great. Like, I don't... Just get me into the game. Tutorials are so fucking obsolete to me. Yeah, but these you, you, these you ruby slippers up. are so tight. It's, <laughs> ah, tap dancing to the fucking music of the artist that I paid to come to my house is just too difficult. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with Maddie. Strangely enough, I love manuals. I would use them. I printed out stuff while I'm playing a Xbox or the one right now. Hmm. And I needed like a, you know, to know where to go in a Batman game or whatever and printed it out and had it with me because... There isn't a digital resource for some things, and certainly not the manuals. I remember I hitting the help button in the Xbox One thinking it was going to load up a manual, and it's like, here's Internet Explorer, ask away. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, tutorials, I agree. They're, they're sort of, that would be a whole other video because I think tutorial, I, I really find them horrendous, and I would like to see them go away as well, but they won't because that is where the manual is. So yeah. yeah, I agree with both sides. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's just because so many sign games have a slow start, but half of it's because there's a fucking yes, like that's two what hour I'm... long tutorial. It's like imagine if no, you knew how to play right. the game before, you could get thrown right into the story. Do you uh, wish to see the tutorial? Yes, no, yeah, no, man. yeah, options. Just need options. That's it. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Our next bit of news, we're going to be talking about some Battlefront 2. On the podcast, we've vocalized our thoughts that we're hoping Battlefront 2, you know, builds off the framework of Battlefront 1, and some comments from a developer on the Battlefront team seems to hint at that as they say they, quote, didn't want to throw away stuff from the first game, end quote, in response to a question about whether or not there would be more content from the original trilogy or the prequel. So what that says is we're going to be seeing more of the original trilogy content, uh, presumably from the first game because they said they didn't want to throw stuff away so that does say you know provide i'm not reading into it too much which i don't think i am is that they are going to build off of what we had in the first game so can you explain what you mean by that though i was a little confused 
What do you mean by the build? As in the so stuff we're gonna, just be we're in the new have, one? We're going to have, for example, we're going to have uh, Princess Leia. We're going to have Han Solo as heroes. Luke Skywalker. We're going to have... I'm assuming this is not confirmed, but based on what we say, we're going to have those maps from the first battlefront. We're going to okay. have that bounty hunter system or the Jabba the Hutt contract system. I'm sorry. Um, those type of stuff, the modes, and they're going right. to build off of that. At least that's what I'm getting. Cause they said they didn't want to throw stuff away, you know, as in start from the beginning. At least I, that's how I interpreted it. If I am misinterpreting it, or if there's anything you guys want to toss out there, feel free to. We, we've talked about it, I think, last... I could be wrong, but I think either last podcast or the podcast before where was really I was bitching thing. about... Yeah, I was bitching about games, the sequels, not having the content. And you have to buy new DLC that's the content from the original game. You're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And Civilization games are, are yeah, notorious yeah, for I that. I think that was last so, week. So, was that last week? Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I, I, I hope they do. I think it only makes sense. Why not? Why not offer a ton that you've already got? And then move forward from there with even more. Like mm-hmm. it, to me, it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, especially. You guys have any? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no. I was just gonna say, especially because the number one problem with Battlefront One was too little content. So mm-hmm. bring that game over, add more. Uh, what were you saying, Nate? Sorry. Do you, how do you guys feel about the whole campaign for this game? Because that's one of the things that really excites They're... me. I've always kind of been rooting for the Empire, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited. I have two thoughts on that. Number one, they're oddly quiet about it. I don't know if that's going to change at D23 because uh, the, the lead protagonist, uh, Janina Gavankar, I think her name is, she's going to be there. So maybe they'll talk a little bit about the campaign. Uh, the other thing is that from the way they set up the story, it sounds like it's going to – how did we word it, Carrick, when we were talking about it? It was like going to be basically the same good guy story in the Empire shoes that we've yeah, seen right. before. You know, So that's where I kind of sit on it where I'm optimistic. I'm happy they're doing it. I really hope it is good. Um, just like I said, they're a little tight-lipped when the game's coming out in a couple of months, and we know nothing about it other than you're a part of this Inferno Squadron, and it's going to fill in the gap between, what was it, six and seven, was it? Yeah. And, I mean, you're right. So when you play Dungeon Dragons, if you're a nerd like me, a role play, you have different alignments. Uh, all, all the you know Empire is, it can be argued, but it's pretty much lawful evil. And lawful evil characters can appear good. They can have a lot of the same overall traits and desires as, uh, you know, actual good characters. And that's that's what it feels like to me is that they didn't really there's not really a chance being taken, which I guess is OK, because maybe they want to get their feet under them and, and sort of see what they can do here. But I, I wasn't blown away by Battlefield One's um, campaign uh, with the jumping. So yeah, I, I like jumping. Yeah, I like the idea of the one character she seems cool she's she as as a actual person she seems interested in it which is always a oh, good yeah. sign to me yeah. it's not a hellboy it's not a yeah, ron perlman uh she didn't Fallout seem like the, the pr company was like go say right. this she's like i got right. this you know? she seemed genuinely interested so that's great I, I i mean i'm excited for it but at the same time i would i i mean like with nate i'm excited but i'm pretty tentative on that excitement because we just don't know much Mm. They 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 haven't said oh it's a guess of this many hours or something like that and guys it's gonna be I gotta short. ask yeah, is it's anybody gonna be else getting short. tired of this shit I'm really getting tired of four hours I mean Titanfall yes I know Lone is gonna explode because I know he loves the Titanfall two uh, great single player. great campaign <laughs> but dude it's so fucking short <laughs> it's, like, it's so it's criminally short it's criminal 
And I don't want that in Star. I want a campaign, motherfucker. Like, call it a campaign. Yeah. The word doesn't even make sense if it's three hours long. That's not, not a campaign. That's an event. That's like a fucking weekend. That's somebody's potato salad on a fucking beach. I want like 12 hours of insane. Bull I'm just going off now. Go for you it. You guys know what I'm. Yeah, you guys know. I'm excited if they they really put a lot of effort into it. Also, they, they need. I feel like they need to get it right because I was talking about this with a couple of friends last night. I was like, dude, I remember when I was a kid. They just it was like Star Wars games, Star Wars games, Star Wars games, and most of them were fucking good. Like we had the original Battlefront, so Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. I'm gonna bring it up, Kotor, obviously. You know, Bounty Hunter. There were so many diverse, I... different, and exciting Star Wars games. And ever since EA acquired the license, Battlefront yeah. one, that's it. And now we got two. Like, well, Nate, Nate said he was interested in it or excited for it. But are you just excited that it's there, or uh, do you think? What 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 exactly? I'm more you? excited of hopefully a good story that they might be able to tell. But as you made the point, it is like the more I think about it, the more I get disappointed because it is a dice campaign, and I've yeah. never been a particular <laughs> fan of those. But right. the writer, because Lone, I remember you made a video on this. The writer is the guy, or I don't know if he's co-writer. I think he's co-writer. It was co-writer. He was behind Spec Ops: The Line. Oh, oh that's good. Fantastic. That is excellent yeah. game. So there is like that glimmer of hope there that this can be not only a good story this can get dark because we're, we're talking about the empire here and we're talking yeah. about spec ops line which was a supremely dark game so i so mean so here's the thing great writer supposedly because I, I wasn't a huge fan of spec ops but okay. it, I, I know that a lot of people were so i'll assume <gasps> i was wrong so that I game say you're wrong it's an opinion <laughs> is, it, it, that game is really highly touted as having a great story but what the question is, and I think it might have been where Nate was headed, um, can DICE allow that person the freedom to do that kind of thing? Because okay. that's the worry on my part. Now, the movies have shown that they're, they're okay with killing off entire groups of people, and they're okay with this and that, which is fine. But at the same time, there's a lot of safety in those, too. And I'm a little nervous that we're going to jump in, and it's going to be like, you're the antagonist, but really, you're the protagonist because yeah. you're going to have issues with like yes, fuck. And you're gonna switch sides and it's uh, yeah like i said i, I really feel what's gonna happen is it is going to be the the good guy story and the evil person shoes you know I, oh. I wouldn't be surprised if it took a finn approach from episode seven where he's like yeah the empire is corrupt what no way you know <laughs> oh. i can't do this yeah. I, man i hope not if that <laughs> happens dude I'm gonna be like, so I'm not, mad. I'm not dissing the Finn character. I'm saying, but building a whole fucking campaign off of that potentially. Oh man, please don't. Lone, were, Lone was Lone on the video where I I told him I talked to Jesse who had worked on thirteen thirteen and the stuff he had told me about Star Wars. Were you on that podcast, Lone? I think it was just me and you because I remember you. Blew was it just you and I, dude? Yeah, because Jesse, uh, oh, can't remember his last Har uh, Harlan. Yeah, Harlan, who's the uh, composer for Mafia. He was also the composer for thirteen thirteen before it was canceled. And the story he told me about the story and the stuff he said, if they did that, it would be phenomenal. And they can't because they've already chosen, you know, the Empire. But that's what I sort of wish this was because it was about bounty hunters, no Jedi. It was about like fucking the grime and all, like it, it was this undercurrent, the underbelly of crime that goes on and mm -hmm. all this gray area stuff that made KOTOR 2 sort of famous if you yeah. really want to even go that route and um, man I was excited for that and so this feels more lawful evil we'll see 
But uh, I just hope he has the power. I hope they're like, okay, you're free to to stretch your your legs when it comes to writing because guys, a great writer doesn't mean shit if they're fucking not allowed to. It's like a bad, you know, offensive coordinator for the wrong team, and you're like, oh yeah. fuck, they're all good, but they're in the wrong place. And plus, so, it's one writer out of how many, right? I mean, yeah, what quest is he going to have his hand on? Is he going to have his hand on the entire thing? Is that going to be a group collaborative quest? effort? Me, you, you just don't know. Quest in a dice campaign. Okay, I, I, let's, no, I, you know what I'm trying to say here. That, right? No, he just hit on something. Let's fucking explode this shit. Lone, what no. if you got into the game and it wasn't necessarily open world, but it was a little bit like Infinite Warfare, where your quests were were based in, in a way in which you could it. sort of choose them. There was a little bit more freedom. Maybe there was a home base, those kind of things. Would you want that or would you want more of a linear, and nothing against linear, would you want more uh, of, a, of a linear, like, track no i think with star wars i'd prefer linear okay gotcha makes sense yeah. it's, it's easier to direct the focus of the story and stuff that yeah, way. yeah sure. i think yeah i'd prefer that and, and this is me saying that as i'm playing shadow of mortal and really enjoying no. that oh god you know which yeah. is not really i have to go with them just because of my my taste for i think games in general but but star wars games in particular um i like the more kind of open-ended approach so how you'd, you want to you'd want more of a maybe approach it a little flexibility. Yeah, because I mean, like, technically, like, Kotor is linear, but you have choices you can make. Yeah. Uh, Which like planet? Jedi, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Yeah, it's linear. You you really, no matter what you're doing, all those missions on that list. But it's about how you approach them. What's your loadout before you leave? The ending you get. So like I and uh, same thing with uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Like, how, what weapons are you going to pick up? How are you going to approach the situation? Um, that type of thing. So I prefer the more open and open ended side of the spectrum, but I agree. I think Dice is kind of known for the linearity of their campaigns. Um, one thing Battlefield One did right in their campaign was you had those big open areas yeah. um, in the missions, and it's just that it was so short. <laughs> you were Nate, what would hours. you what would you like, Nate? If you, I just if want you... them to tell a good story. Like I, I want it them to matter. convince me why the Empire is the good guy. Explain to me how many jobs the Death Star created. I don't know. Just make me like <laughs> actually want to be on their side. <laughs> yeah. they, have, they are the good guys. Like what if they they kill a few people? But that's because they're it's, it's a war. Yeah, yeah. I Imagine can, the I can state of the economy at that point with all this militarization. Somebody's <laughs> building those starships. <laughs> That would be awesome if the entire story is nothing but like a dude who's, you know, builds like the, the different Death Stars or whatever. And that's just your job. You just walk Some around. You're a crap in the Death Star just sitting there. Just, and they're shitting on you all the time. Like they're making you work overtime. They're making you crunch. And that's all you do. Just A, A, A. It's like Shenmue, the futuristic version. Oh, I love Shenmue, just... though. It's all QTs, <laughs> but oh, man, I love that Raising game. a cat and fucking raising a cat and making a Death Star. And that's the game. They're just like, no shooting. No, you, it may be your oh, gun man. when you're like hot. Now you have those, those Shenmue sound effects going through my head whenever a fucking QT popped up that like, bing, 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 like that, and you'd have to like press the button. And oh, that's such a good game. Ah, oh, fond memories. So, and in terms of uh, building upon the first game, good news, yes. You know, we're going to have that campaign, that multiplayer. Sounds like a full package at the very least. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Does it sadden anyone to hear that it's more uh, of the original trilogy than the prequels? You know, the biggest thing was like, people were like, bring back the prequels, you know, the new era content. Um, and if there is too little of that, do you think it's almost going to be like for them? Just, all right, shut up. You know, here, here's a little bit of the heroes. Go have fun. 
but like most of the game is going to be that original trilogy. You think that's a bad thing? Good thing? I really, it really depends on your taste of Star Wars, I guess. But still, want to get your thoughts on it. It doesn't really matter for me, to be honest. Again, like Nate said, just tell a good story. <laughs> I'm not really talking about the, the fucking story. <laughs> I'm talking about multiplayer here. We're talking... Yeah, I, I, no, but no. Uh, but obviously, though, when, when you're talking about multiplayer, it seeps in from the single player. Right? Yeah, true. Not, not, uh. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, well, you're going to have a different world in the multiplayer. No, just like... I could think... You could think Overwatch... You, you, you're like, you got Soldier 76 and Tracer shooting each other, but they're teammates in the, in the yeah, actual yeah, universe. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that whatever theme, whatever yeah. story, whatever characters you choose in the single player, that's going to be the basis for the multiplayer. Yeah, right. Right? So I don't care what certain characters or, the, or what this world story, or what time. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I wasn't sure, and I don't think anyone told me what it was, but this story is supposed to take place between episodes... Six and seven. Yeah, it's six and seven. So then that means, Lone, the prequel content's not there. So where do you stand? Doesn't, doesn't phase so, me. So it, yeah, suddenly I, your I, argument has fallen into pieces beneath I just, I just, <laughs> <laughs> that was I just awesome. don't care. Well, what, just, what's I, Nate it, think? Yeah. Yeah, let's get Lone doesn't care. Nate. Lone's just like, Lone, Lone's like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't care about anything. Yeah. He's I just think we romanticized the original games a little bit like too much from a gameplay perspective. Because of Galactic Conquest, that was one of my favorite modes at the time. I loved the hell out of it. But I feel like if you put that in a modern environment, you're basically playing Team Deathmatch with bots in, yeah. for control it's, of planets. It's, no... it's TDM, but you yeah. move from planet to planet it's yeah Yeah, it's it's not i don't think it would do well in a modern environment so i understand dice trying to be a little bit different like everyone's where's galactic conquest well you would fucking hate it if we put it in there so i it it makes a lot of sense again i'm really excited about the story i want to know why the empire are the good guys i've always felt that way my entire life so uh hopefully they're able to finally right some wrongs Hmm. cool cool all right then moving on to our final story lone suggestion this is coming from his words here, so correct me if, I, if I'm if i wrong. Destiny 2 developers hope people complain about the story because of how much they're doing with the story. <laughs> isn't, isn't that a great just you know, line for, for them to yeah. say? For, for how much people complain, and me included, about how little of the story there was in the actual game. The fact that they're saying that shows that they're like he's being facetious, but it shows how much they're focusing on the story for this game. I I, I thought it was if just funny and, and really good. I think, yeah, I but think I, I think so they're being fucking serious. full of shit all the time now. I'm sorry, so I don't want to be a Debbie specific downer. line. Was I hope people complain about how much story we have. <clears throat> I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's, we meant for good, that to happen. I yeah, had my fingers I, I think crossed, but I, I lost so much faith in them when they were like, yeah, we had no idea what the darkness was in Destiny. I'm like, how do you sit down as a developer writing a story and go, put that in there? What is that? I don't fucking know. Put it in there. Put the darkness in. It's a in. fucking polar bear and lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> here, so to me, I mean, I get where Lowen's coming from, for sure. Um, I don't agree at all, though. I think that personally, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know when you... so. I'm at a loss for words because I want to get negative, but I at the same time don't want to be but, too negative. It was a, it, it wasn't meant to be taken seriously when saying it's that tough line. Love. It, I fucking it wasn't, love it wasn't... Halo and, and what Bungie did with them. I want Destiny to be the game that I can love as much as a Halo, if not more. So like it's not hate, it's not negative. Just giving your opinion. So fire away. Have I inspired you? 
it just feel <laughs> it just feels it it feels oddly antagonistic and let's talk about what's really going on and not make one-liner jokes let's actually show some shit and i it, i guess i actions speak louder than words for me right now and one-liners uh, is something that i've expected from the destiny folks since when it first released, when they had a one-liner for every complaint anybody ever did. I mean, we had an astroturfer from Bungie on our on our community forums. And we had to end up basically telling them they were no longer able to come back. They only admitted way afterwards that they were. But we started picking up that something weird was going on. And it's like the, the sheer lack of like respect towards that. And the sheer not knowing what the darkness is. I'm okay with that. Like, not okay with it, but whatever. To me, that's you know less important than what we see now in this story and stuff. And I would just rather have them show and not tell, if that makes sense. I I, I just let's let's play it because guys, what they've shown has not impressed me at all. I I get and that. I like this. I, I, I understand. So Look, knows. it's the same with it doesn't matter what it is. It can be other other sports. It can be games. Whenever there are interviews done before something is released, like before a big fight, before a big game, people are like, well, you've got to stop talking. It's action, no words. You know, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, it's, it's all words, no action. But they're being interviewed. What what do you want them to say? Do you want them You're to say? You're absolutely right. You know, like I want them to be less. Them some no, I want to give it. Of course, of course. But I, what I'm saying is I think. How about this? I think a lot of the reason why a lot of people don't cut them slack is because they have not too many people uh, deserved it. They don't deserve the slack. They, they there is a deserving, uh, questionable thought process by most consumers towards Destiny. Talking to somebody who liked Destiny and gave yeah, it a buy, yeah. I really did like Destiny. Um, but the, the for example, the story being outside and then hearing the rumor or hearing well, not rumors. He basically came out, but the redditor who was like. I'm the one who made the web page with all of the data and they didn't even know until like two months prior to that it wasn't going to be in the game. I mean, just crazy shit where it sounds like nothing was planned right. And when I continually see them show this footage and they're trying to tell me it's this, it's that, it's PB, it's look how fast it is, look at this. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But it does look like Destiny 1.5 to a lot of folks. And and I'll play it. You guys know me. I could, I'll buy, I, if it's good, it, I'll say it's good. But I'm nervous about that, and my nerves don't go away because somebody is an asshole. And if I asked him a question, uh, I would expect, unless it's a joke and we're joking back and forth, which I didn't get that from what I read. I actually got that that was a facetious. But it's hard to understand context when you're. It always text. is. Always yeah. is. Always. So I, I, I just, yeah. I mean, just it's got. I, I get where people are negative about it, and um, I'll, you know, I loved one. Or not love, but I really like number one. I think I'm the only one here who liked number one a lot, right? I liked right? it at launch. Yeah. But I, I knew there were, because I remember, I, I, oddly enough, a couple of weeks ago, I watched my initial video on Destiny 1. I was like, you know, this game is good. I like it. But like, I remember listing like all my complaints. I'm like, I hope they address them. And it's just right. they took so fucking long. And by then, they were asking me to pay for them. And so I know now, based off the, the podcast we had where uh, my friend Never came on, who's, who's really big into destiny one he put like it was 84 days into that game and he's even saying like dude yeah he's like saying dude destiny 2 is like straight up it looks like 1.5 more and more he's like it's so sketchy it's fishy he's like something's up with this game again and And the removal of dlc all of that weirdness of of like you can't play this if you don't get this is a lot of that's odd 
Um, I, I, I think I get what Lone's saying, though, because I've said it myself where I'm like, come on, if you're interviewing somebody, um, you can't get mad that they answered. And I, I do get that. I just for some reason, I, maybe I just don't like that comment. Something about it. It reminds well, me of Luke. Was it Luke? Actually, Luke Smith? Uh, yes, because he said something it, before. I remember it's, now. No, that is it was. Who, it was. That's that's who it reminds me of. It was. It was Matthew Ward. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually I like him. So um, was it, it? Wait, no, no. There was one time though. He said something. This Luke guy. Oh, he said Luke something. Said a ton of dude. Yeah, I was gonna say he he said something controversial. One he time. needs to Luke? just uh, something Luke's about it was something about the Taking King. Oh, okay. that fan should just buy. Oh, fuck with the. I don't remember what it was. It was a crazy one liner. But yeah, but um. I mean, yeah, we're all we're doing is just riffing on something a guy said, and I always say I hate that when people do it for me. So Lone's right. I, I think I'm probably wrong on that. Just sort of sit back. <laughs> all and right, so we'll take the instead of see what instead he of what we'll call bashing destiny. Let's talk about the pros of this. They're overloading on story. How happy does this make us? Like, it's a thumbs up from me. That, That's do I the trust next it? No? problem. That's, good. That's the next mm-hmm. problem, and where I wanted to go with this. They haven't shown that they can handle story anyway. So saying that, not hey, with, look, our, our shit from, that they did. No, I don't think I mean, I, I, Halo one was great with story, but then I think things started to fall apart. And uh, most thought, people would I admit that. A, I personally thought they did a good job with the trilogy, but I can see what you mean. I like three and one um, their stories, but um, I'm just a little nervous that, you know, you're putting somebody in charge. It's not like the guy, writer from the line is there. <laughs> you know, like what Lone was saying I mean, with the other doing game. kind of what, what yeah. I was talking about with Hideo Kojima earlier, where they were like, all right, now we're going to go do Reach all the way in the beginning. You know, yeah. this happens. It's like, all oh, right. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I liked Reach a lot. I like basically every Halo game except five. I, I can't say Fuck you. Five. I did I not like care five. for Halo 4. I wasn't a big fan <laughs> of five. That, it, it wasn't even that five multiplayer. Five was, was the bad, problem with just the marketing. Multi- right? Just the, the, the campaign was not. Not good. What wasn't the problem with five is that they kind of advertised the story of Master Chief versus this new thing. And and when it finally, it's it's a typical last hour. It was like, all right, things are picking up here. Like maybe the story can recover, and it ends. And you're like, okay, I gotta wait till six for the actual good. Let's be honest, uh, Maddie. I think another reason why it might bother you is because it is a lot like what we're worried Battlefield or uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two is gonna be like. Which is where they have a chance to do a story, and they don't. Yeah, and that's what that, I thought. Halo Five was like that. I, I I thought the story was we have a chance to do something, but we re- didn't go anywhere, and we introduced bad guys no one knows about unless you read the novels. But that's yeah. beside the point. Um, mm. So so I think that's why we're picking up on some of the weirdness because it does a lot of these do mimic other games when we talk about them, like the, the positions and problems that these other games have. I mean, I'm. Deciding whether or not I'll be picking this one up still because if I'm going to play it, I'm going to have to play all the DLC for Destiny One, and it's like, do I want to commit to that when it's a game? I, I don't think you do. Like, I don't I, think so either. I think See, but I'm like people... that gamer. It's like I feel like my opinion is not valid until I have seen it all. You know, what I'm saying like I've been there, I know about it, I'm well informed, and now I can talk about it. You know, what I'm saying well, like I know I know exactly what you're saying, um, especially in the I, position we're in, where I I sit on a podcast with you guys every week, and it's like yeah. we're, we're fucking flinging opinions left and right. It's like if I'm uneducated here, then. But I, I, I do, do feel like when when it comes to Destiny, because it's that kind of game, one that's you know, it it didn't uh, meet meet up to the expectations. It's fairly long. I think it's one of those games that if you said I didn't play Destiny one because I didn't like what it did, 
but then decided to give Destiny to a chance. I think people, I think that's a legitimate reason, and I don't think anyone can question the fact that you didn't play Destiny. I mean, I I get people that are saying that Destiny Two is a sorry Destiny One is a much better game than it is now, but you can't come back to me and say you should play it because. It just didn't catch me first time around. I mean, why should I play it mm. to be able to hold a valid opinion? Yeah, like, why is that you don't hold that wouldn't, to play? That wouldn't be a more valid opinion because if Lone said, I didn't play one at all, but I'm playing two and I'm reviewing it, then I would just go at that review from the status that of Lone exactly. just jumping in. So to me, that's yeah. completely valid as long as, and we've talked about this before, you're as long as you're up front about yes. where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, I don't and come in and I'm like, I've played it all, guys. And I've <laughs> only just played I've like the first I'm games. I'm a fucking master in Destiny 1. <laughs> and then you're not, you're like using the right buttons and shit. And people are all, dude, seriously. Because yeah. <laughs> I've seen that happen, actually. But, yeah. What about you, Nate? Are you, I mean, are you jumping in? Um, I didn't particularly care for Destiny One. Like, I, mm-hmm. I guess I, I've heard a lot of things about it. I, it didn't catch, catch me. Like, uh, like Lone said, it wasn't a particularly amazing game from my perspective. I didn't understand the story at all. I didn't like <laughs> no care did. about it at, right. at the first point at, point in time of the game. What was it? Like, the first thing I remember doing is we were running through. I guess it was almost like a dungeon or a cave, something of that sort. And I like recall finishing it. I thought, okay, so what's our reward? Oh, uh, basically nothing. I, I think we probably got some sort of item from it, but I don't remember what it was. All I remember was the monotony of thinking, why am I punishing myself? Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I share your exact thoughts with the first Destiny, but I know, I, I'm always someone that is willing to give uh, someone a second chance. And if, if, if this set Destiny is bad and if they don't do a good job with the story, I'll be the first here to say that. But I, in my opinion, they're saying all the right things, even if they're being a bit facetious about it. Yeah, I mean. Okay, so what are the other? What are the right things that you're? What do you feel like you're hearing? Because I haven't followed it much aside from what we just talked okay, about. Okay, ma- main thing is the story, right? I mean, it's it's having the story in the game. Okay. That's the main thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Second, I, like this, what I've been reading about there being like from the get go, there's going to be more content like Destiny One in its later years or its later life. Right. It, it's actually gonna. It's not just going to be. All right, here's a very quick main story and random fetch quests and stuff. Like, very boring, monotonous, mundane Peter stuff. Dinklage, doing the voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and, yeah, no Peter Dinklage. Don't have to record his lines again. Um, it's no, a like, space wizard, or whatever the yeah, fuck he says. But, like, what, what I'm reading, and, and this is the thing, right? I mean, it's going back to what, what do you want them to say in interviews. They're saying all the right things. Of course it's going to come down to whether they actually execute it correctly, but the fact is, is that they're there saying the right things, and, and you don't want them saying the wrong things. I mean, if, if they were to come out and say, like, you know what, no, we actually did think we did story right in the first Destiny. I mean, that would be ten times worse. I think I just wanted examples instead no, of I, I a agree, facetious I answer, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, oh, well, here's something we have tangible, like a tangible example of something we've done. For example, Spec Ops Align, that writer, they can say, hey, look, we got the writer for this, right? Which they mm-hmm. did, which they, you know, so I, I Destiny. Think they did come out. Oh, they did, and say who their writers are. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I think it was at one stage it was him, and I think it was an ex writer from IGN or something Mitch like Dyer. that. Yeah. Oh Mitch my Dyer. God, yeah. it is it is the IGN guy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I'm like right. oddly nervous, and I don't know if that's justified. It's just it's such a strange transition. Does you he have what? any experience it's... with like games or storytelling? He he was. He was good at his time in IGN, I thought. He was one of the reviewers I liked, I watched. Uh, Has he written a game before or, like, designed a story? That'll fit right in. 
He, he probably did yeah. some side projects, and he and he probably like, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if in his studies, like he he did a bunch of that stuff. Like we we don't like I don't know we don't know, but he's going to be under the, hopefully under the direction of a well-established writer. And yeah. you know what? Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need some fresh damn eyes because I have a question for Lone. Yeah. Has Chris, how do you pronounce Chris's last name? The writer? Avalone. Avalo- Avalone. 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 Yeah. Um, has he written anything bad? Oh, I'm sure he has. No, I'm no. Gonna... I'm, I'm asking, do we have an example of a game that where the story, where you go, Chris Avalone did not do a good job on this, right? Uh, this the, this is the weird thing. When I when I interviewed Chris Avalon, right, he talks a lot about he came into this game later on and wrote some side quests and 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 wrote some characters, right? Uh, there's there's not that many examples, at least that I can think of, and I'm sure there are out there, but there's not many examples that I can think of where he's involved from the get go, you know, and the one the main one directing the story because, a... for instance, with Prey, Prey mm-hmm. uh, he he didn't. Right. Like the the foundation was already there. He wrote Doctor Igwe. He wrote Chris. He Chrissy, adds to it. He adds to it. And but like I, I'm sure there His are influences felt where, though for sure because it's, it's special no teams. coincidence <laughs> that you know he, he just the games he writes for they they end up if anything having good writing. Like I wasn't no a big that's fan what of I was Prey, that's why but, I was asking and that's the thing I, I remember saying in a, a video after my review about I was just saying to like. A developer, I think I said it to Bethesda, I was like, hire this guy. Because I was like, yeah. you know, your biggest misstep problem. Uh, and problem is writing. Yep. You have this man here who can fucking write like a beast. Really? So, yeah. you know, it, yeah. It, it's and it's not even like a hype train fanboy kind of thing. It's just I, even, he's a humble guy. So even when you're, you're when I complimented him for that, for that Prey video, he was like, Maddie, I love the video. He's like, but... Thank this guy too. You know, he's the one who who guided me yeah. and stuff. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, of course. But what we're saying is that, like, when you're involved in a game, it's no coincidence that the the one definitive good part is that writing. Yeah. So I asked, I asked because I was just, um, I, I was trying to see like how often somebody we know is is involved in something, and it means when they're in there and they're involved, it will be good for the. 99 percent of the time Chris and i was trying to i was that. trying to track down if destiny 2 has anybody look it, like, even if like, it's just having someone in the team that fucking has experience that people can talk to that uplifts everyone's motivation yeah, i, I sure. think someone like it's chris avalon could bring that along that's the thing it, it's like with these types of developers you, you know what type of game you're getting like when you get a, a neil Druckmann game you know what you're getting a todd howard right. game you know what you're getting Chris Avalone, I guess you can't say you Peter know Molyneux. what you're getting. Yeah, Peter Molyneux, you know what you're getting. So, <laughs> you know, you, I guess it's kind of like that, too, where I I haven't studied the, the staff whatsoever for Destiny. That's what too. I was asking. Yeah, I was trying you're to figure out. like casual? Just, haven't we, studied we, yeah. the staff? We should, studied the in staff. The future, we should in the future <laughs> look at the Destiny 2 writing staff and see well, some of their public, history, yeah. you know, because yeah. that would I mean, be it, interesting. It's kind of like... Even though we'll say, like, oh, he was just a supporting writer, he came in late. I, I think it's like a voice actor and his presence in a, a cast where you can see the effect. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah. Like, anytime, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. I've said it before, I'll say it again. My favorite voice actor is Yuri Lowenthal. And when I hear him in a game, I just, I, I instantly think highly of the game, or higher of the game. Because I know he's he's usually not voice acting in a game that's fucking bad. I, I can yeah. think of very few games that I've played with his voice in it. That I was like, I didn't like that that much. I mean, right. I'm sure they've been there because he's in so many games. But like when he's a main 
prominent role, it's usually a game I've enjoyed. So but, and, and like here's the thing, thing, right? I mean, I know I say that, oh, Chris was only involved with side characters and stuff. Like, his role wasn't that important. Like, the the thing is, though, when you're talking about, like, we know in movies how important a supporting cast is, but especially in a video game where the protagonist is usually, it doesn't talk and is bland, or if he does talk, he's very monotonous, right? That like, Usually that's how protagonists come across in most, like, I'm not saying in all cases, but when you're playing a video game, you're always being confronted with side characters. You're always talking to those side NPCs. They're the ones that really give color, color to the game. So when Chris Avalon comes in and, and writes a Dr. Igwe and Prey or Chrissy or, or whatever characters they are, and those are the ones that you remember, that's fantastic writing, and that is important. So even if someone a really good writer is just brought in late, they can just write some really good side narrative that you appreciate. I mean, that's 10 times better. And and sometimes you need that. It doesn't always need to be like the main big story that's going on. And I think one of the problems with Destiny, we actually did get a big main story. We didn't have a lot of the side stuff that everyone was interested in. We didn't have a lot of the nuance that people wanted to know about the damn world because we got like the, the most bare bones stuff and that was it. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, there was lore I completely was agree. In, the, in the grimoire yeah. outside the game. So was... but and, and that's what I mean. Like stuff in the grimoire... Like, you could argue that it was really important and that it was some of the main hard-hitting stuff, but most of it, from my knowledge goes, it was a lot of side stuff, it was a lot of, you know, here's this character's background and stuff like that, but that is what gives the world color, and that's what should be in the game and, it's and told like, it's well. It's like flavor in D&D, it's just kind of like... Exactly, I mean, like, you know. who likes a, 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 a nice piece of steak, right, that's not seasoned correctly? It, it's exactly mm. that. Yeah. Has Chris found a home yet, or a studio to go to? Do you say he's, he's, he's working on Pathfinder oh. Kingmaker? He's he's still think, freelancing, but he's working on Pathfinder. I would assume too that we won't be seeing him. I, I could be wrong, but I, I, it doesn't feel like he'll be so down to a company. When when I when I interviewed him, he has like a bunch of uh, projects, yeah. like five or six that he can't talk about. But when when we hear about it, he's it's going to be big. He's not strapped for work, <laughs> so he's like, no, no he's fine. He's fine. He just can't talk about a lot of the stuff he's doing. I I just think he's that kind of guy right now, and it makes more sense for him to freelance anyway. You know, he and and creatively, he loves it might be the better for him. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. It would have been nice to see a guy with his talents. So this like go this to Bethesda is a, or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, that's where they messed up. Like that's the biggest part of it. Like they had these great, I guess you can say almost ideas that they never executed. You had a Chinese nuclear submarine. You had a famous radio host in a tower. What, like, right. every single quest's content was go into a room, kill some things, leave, right? Mm-hmm. And they were so proud about the fact that, oh, yeah, our Radiant quests feel as good as our main quest. No, that's not a good thing. That means you messed up somewhere. Yeah. Like, that, that means you made terrible main quests. And Here's was, an interesting thing. Oh, so I'll, I'll, I'll share a story that, that Chris shared with me um, when I interviewed him. He, he told a story about when he was at Obsidian, and... He was actually approached while he was at Obsidian to work on Prey. And he turned it down, then he left Obsidian, and then he worked on Prey again, right? And he says now that he's so much more enjoying the creative freedom that he has in terms of the jobs that he can take on, etc. And it just goes to show that when you have a writer like that that is freelancing, that w- there is no harm. In fact, it's beneficial. We saw it with him and Prey and Arcane. I, I think Bethesda should be bringing on, uh, you know writers like that that aren't yeah. like you know well involved in every single game like emil mm-hmm. to say we need some fresh eyes we need some new perspective we need some writers that have a good history and then let's have some better cycle right let's not just have like radiant quests that are oh these are pretty good we need 
better riders across the board. If you want to have a meal in there that still does the overarching stuff, that's fine. But you need a bunch of other people in there. That's the biggest misconception. I I don't think Emil Emil Pagliaro, I don't think he's a great writer, but he's a good quest designer. Like I said, he handled a lot of the quest designs in Oblivion, and they're some of the best in the entire Elder Scrolls franchise. He can make good quests. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think the lead writer position is just too big for him to handle, or he's he's still getting accustomed to it. I don't know. But he How long can, has he been there? He's... Since, like, Morrowind, maybe? Guy, oh, oh, like, a, a part of the company in general? It's got to be... They said the smallest amount of time someone's worked there is a decade. I, I'd say he's... Oh, my God. Yeah, he's got to be there for well over... I'd say... Got to be since before Morrowind. Or I, I, I would prefer Emil to be in more of a director role. Because, like, a lead writer, you're writing a lot of stuff and, and, and you're involved, like, in, in kind of shaping the story. But I think you could still kind of have that kind of control and that shaping if you're in, in, in a little bit... You, you're one step higher in a director role and you're essentially delegating your work to a bunch of great writers, for example, like Chris Avalone. I, I think that would be ideal. It's not that Fallout 4 is... I'm guessing we're talking about that now. Fallout 4's story was bad. It, it was that for the type of games that fallout is um didn't fit. It, didn't, it didn't yeah it didn't fit it didn't provide it was a that. good game but not a good fallout game. yeah yeah and it didn't provide but, that uh level of choice through the writing through the execution of the game itself that really reflected that at the end you know you still saw that same explosion with every faction except for if you sided with the institute you know I, I guess I guess the overall point though that that I'm trying to run home is that because we were talking about Destiny two, right? Even if Destiny two had the same lead writers as they did before, so long as you brought in people like the guy that wrote Spec Ops the line that can flesh out the world, write more of the side characters and quests, influence the main story itself, that is value. That's mm. money right there. No, I agree. And you can still vastly have a much better story regardless of whether the story was in or destiny one or not just looking at a story you can still improve upon it so long as you have a great supporting cast of writers that's all you need (laughs) the other thing though is tying in prey we look at how the writing was good and this is my personal opinion but it it has this illusion of choice and that choice and consequence in that game is completely gone it's not even a thing there even though it presents it as that idea, as far as I'm concerned. So you can tie in Chris Avalon, you can make that writing good, but it's also up to the developers to make sure that your choices are reflected throughout the game itself, which I didn't really feel Prey did, um, especially I, you know, I I spoil agree. It, but I agree. right at the end, you're just like, all of that was kind of pointless. You know, because really, couldn't like, decide if they wanted final. to tell you a story or let you make your own. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, it really just depends on the game, but it, this does fall to the developers a little bit to connect with the writers and be like, okay, we're going to create this quest. We want this to happen. It's like you got to make it so that these options are available to the player. Because you know, I'm sure that they've presented those options for him and like, oh, that's too much. You know, or not in the lazy way, but like, how the fuck are we going to fit all that? At least that's my two cents on it. Yeah, but uh, that'll do it for all the news we have this week. Hashtag, uh, I hope they complain. Hashtag, <laughs> oh my gosh, we've been going for two and a half hours. Yeah. Wow, I've been I've been going for nine. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, well, I take full credit for this podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
Thank you yeah. to uh, everyone who stayed this long. Be sure, was it the hashtag? I hope they complain. I hope they complain. Isn't that what he says in the? Yes, I hope they complain. I hope yeah. they complain. Yeah. So I hope they complain. <laughs> if you've listened this far in the podcast, hashtag I hope they complain. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Anything yeah, sure. you want? Anything you want to pimp one more time before we wrap um, this just- up? I got a YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash theepicnate315. Sometimes I leave comments on your video, Maddie, advocating about in favor supply of supply drops. drops. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm glad it. you noticed those. I've yes. always <laughs> seen them. You'll probably find me here and there somewhere. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll have all this stuff linked in the description down below. Please check him out. Great YouTuber, great guy. And that'll do it for episode 116. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. And we will catch you in next week's episode. Peace out. Later. So go. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 